Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Saric keeps it in. Tangay again in behind. Plays it to the corner. Owen Nolan, a shot, he scores! It's the Laced Up Hockey Podcast. Uh, trying out a, a new intro here. Who cares what day it is? Uh, it's it's March 11th. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Who cares? Days don't matter anymore. We're all going to die from coronavirus anyway. So. Wow. Yeah. It's supposed it's to be upbeat week. Oh, it's over. Let's go. Let's it's party. It's like 15 seconds into the episode. It's just a mess. Oh, we're great. We're having a great time. You're drunk. I'm... I'm not drunk. I'm... I've been drinking. Not drunk. But. What else is new? True. True. Um, I'm James Cole of the Laced Up Hockey Podcast and nothing else. And I'm Brutes Pataglia from the North Side. Nice. And yeah. also of this podcast. I'm I also guess. of this podcast. Well, I'm here. Yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a special guest. I should say this... Uh, before we forget to do a little bit of housekeeping at the end of the episodes, because we have been kind of just housekeeping, just kind of completely riffing on those and just you know seemingly going nowhere. Uh, we have a somewhat interesting announcement, I guess. I don't know; it's not really that interesting, but um, do we? In a couple of weeks, uh, I will be in the fair city of the north, uh, the balmy metropolis of Winnipeg. Uh, and therefore, because I'm gone for several days, we will not have time to record a podcast for that week. And what we are planning to do is James is more than likely going to do his own episode with with a guest. Don't don't freak not, out too much. It's again. not just I'm him. Not There's going to be again. another person. Uh, and I am also going to do one from Winnipeg. So there will be two shorter, uh, separate but equally as good. Ep- well, maybe. Well. Equally is maybe good episodes. Uh, so that'll be in a couple weeks. We're excited for that. That should be fun. So I guess kind of a bonus episode, maybe. Maybe not. More. It's going to be one, more like... One episode split in two parts. It's going to be more like episode 73A and 73B Yeah, is more what you're looking at. Makes so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Cool. I just figured I'd but mention no, that now yeah, before before we inevitably forget at the yeah. end of the episode, yeah. uh, because as James has mentioned, I'm apparently drunk. Right. No, I'm just going to go with that all of the rest of the episode. I don't care if you're drunk or not. Uh, say you're drunk. Um, I mean, I'm having beers, but I'm not drunk. There you go. How you feeling, buddy? Hi, we uh, we had to uh, wait a day. Yeah. We were both kind of a little unwell. You know what? It was one of those things yesterday I would have just, like, I, I would have been able to do it. I would have just sounded too bad to listen to. Mm. So for those of you who are thinking it at home right now, yeah, I could have sounded worse than this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't. The people, the people don't want to miss on, on, on your sexy voice. Well, I feel like people just don't want to listen to, like, a, a mucus-laden voice for a hundred minutes. Mucus-laden. Uh, 
second pair defenseman on the 1994 uh, Calio Flyers. But, but, but I remember League. watching you, Mucus Layden, for Team yeah. Latvia at the 2003 World Juniors. Mucus Layden, good stay-at-home defenseman. He played with Oscars Bartulis, formerly of the Philadelphia Flyers. And who else is of the Philadelphia Flyers? Keith Jones. You'll hear him at the first intermission. I don't want to announce him with a big stick. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're feeling okay. That, that's great. That's fine. That's... Uh... That's okay. That, you know, that's what the people. It, it's good. Yeah, you like know, I, you know what's, you know what's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to me. It's not interesting to anyone else except for maybe my doctor. And even that's a stretch. Is generally when I get a cold, which is like only once a year, typically, um, maybe less even. Like I don't really get sick very often. Uh, it's usually like like fucking terrible. Like it's like I can barely like can't I can't go to work. Like I just get super sick when I get a cold. I, I, this is what I would consider one of my first ever mild colds. I went to work. Congrats. I'm functioning. I'm sitting here right now with you, able to not, you know, blow my nose. So. Cool. I'm, I'm good. Drinking a beer. I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm considering well, that my cold's done. Probably these three beers are going to set back my recovery ten days, but. I mean, really, what is the difference between cough syrup and, and, and beer? That was kind of the whole point behind Jägermeister. Yeah. Is that was supposed to be a cough medicine. Exactly. And. Therefore, I consider their failure. I, I can now consider it to be successful. You know, sure, man, yeah. sure. Uh, in case anyone cares how I'm feeling, um, I just didn't have a cough yesterday and had a wicked headache by like two in the afternoon. So, yeah, why'd you do that to yourself? I'm, I'm you house, know better than that. I'm, I'm house sitting, no coffee maker. What? No coffee maker in this house. Yeah, found that out the hard way. The, but the, they got they got an espresso machine no, or something. No, nothing, nothing. If you go over as a guest to my sister's house, no, but like they don't got coffee. They like they, but you mean like they've only got one espresso machine, I right? Mean like they got they got none. Sans. So when do they drink espresso? They don't. All right, right? Why? I don't. Doesn't make sense. I don't understand what that means. I can see you're confused. I don't. Yeah, that doesn't. I compute. was confused. The first couple of days I was there, it was okay. I was up in the mornings. I was going places. I could get a coffee and the go. And then yesterday, I woke up and and quickly realized that there was no coffee maker in the house, and my world shattered. That's horrible. I almost walked to the Tim's yesterday. That does seem like something and, you would have done. And it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. There is no close Tim Hortons, is there? It would have taken me just shy of an hour to get yeah, there. Yeah, right. Oh, back, yeah. Okay, I know where it is now yeah. in relative from that house. That would have been quite a jaunt yeah. for a coffee. If I didn't have to work, I probably would have taken the journey. But Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so I'm sorry to hear that you were in such rough <clears throat> condition yesterday. Yeah, that's all right. It's my own doing. It's my own addiction. In reality, you know, my I know you addiction. said that you're happy to hear that I'm feeling well. I'm actually happy that you made it through. Yeah, because that could have been bad, I guess. Dark day. I got to, I got to work last night. Pounded back a couple of coffees, had a couple of espressos. Just no just, shit. You know, caressed my body and and, and you, now you're healthy again. You do look like you got a nice warm glow to you Thank today. You. Thank yeah, you, it was you a look good day. you look like you went day. to a spa a or something this yeah. weekend. And in I reality, all you did was just have like a couple extra espresso yesterday. Mm-hmm. and Now you're feeling good. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Do you? Politics. Would you? Would you, how many cups of coffee or I guess espressos? Like we'll 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 combine them. Cappuccinos. Something, individual drinks. A, a coffee bean. With caffeine. How many individual drinks of of coffee caffeine do you think you have every week? Every week? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, I guess in a day. What's an average day? It, it does kind of... Like, if I work, I'll probably have an extra cup of coffee. But typically, 
two cups See, a day. See, and I'm, I'm almost more the opposite. You have two cups a day? Roughly. That's okay. Yeah. That's normal. I don't know. It just seemed like the the way you get without a coffee, I kind of just assumed that you were going to be like, I don't know, five. <laughs> like one of them. I used to work with a guy who used to, he told me, oh, you know, I used to drink six cups of coffee a day. How? Yeah, no. I like I cap it out at two. I could drink more. I would, I would drink more, but I just feel like that's fucked. That's a lot. I think the most I've had in a day is probably four. It, yeah, that's like I don't think I've ever had more than yeah. four in a day. See, I I find I have on average. If I work, it's usually one. Hmm. I, like it, it's tough. I would say two, I guess, because I'll have an espresso. Hmm. You know, sometimes and. Uh, yeah, but I would say on my days off, I'm good for two for sure. Okay. Because that's what I do. I'll get up, and I'll just start sucking back the coffee. Yeah. Like, I like making a nice, fresh... It's the first thing I do when I wake up when I on my days off. Yeah. Make a cup of coffee. No, that's, that's what you need I to get it. going sometimes, you know? Mm. I find that the later I sleep in, the more I need that coffee when I first wake up. Like, if I'm up, if I'm up, like, at 7 a.m., I can I can go for, like, an hour, hour and a half, and then think about a coffee. But yeah. if I sleep in till like, 10... As soon as I wake up, I gotta have a coffee, or it's gonna be hurting. So, so by the time you leave the house, in theory, you're just like Kramer level of jittery, right? You're just like, you know what? If I want a cafe latte, I'll get my cafe latte. I'm entitled to them. I don't know if I get jittery. No, but I, yeah, I, yeah. a good energy flow. I, sure. I'll tell you one thing: there aren't a lot of people I know where the "What's wrong with him today?" Oh, he just hasn't had his cup of coffee. Comment rings true more than you. You get real bitchy without that cup of coffee. Uh, I'll never, I'll never, I've never seen you as bitchy. And this is, keep in mind, like, you and I have been Leaf fans together for, like, 18 years. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, we've known each other a long time. We've watched a lot of terrible Leaf seasons. Oh, have we? I've never seen you as bitchy as the drive to Sault Ste. Marie the one year where you didn't get a cup of coffee in the morning and it was, like, 10.30 and we're, like, asking you shit on the bus. You're like, I don't know, you know? Just leave me alone. And I'm like, what's going on? And you're just like, I just haven't had a cup of coffee today. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, can we stop in White River? Will you settle for Robins, please? For the love of God, for the good of the trip, please drink some coffee. That's a nice prelude to our top ten uh, on this episode. It is. Yeah, yeah I'm excited the top ten's back. Because yeah. uh, I was thinking about it this week, about how, you know, in reality, when was the next time we're going to get to do a top ten? I mean, next week would have been fine. The week after would be fine. But the week after that, you know what I mean? We got the split episodes. Then we're getting into playoff territory. It's going to get a little tricky with the top tens. But this week kind of opened itself up. It's supposed to be upbeat week. This week we're doing our top ten uh, hockey memories. Yeah. And we're basically, James has five. I have five. Uh, the reason we didn't combine or anything like that is because we're we're likely present for like we're both there for about eight of these i'm sure i, I don't know your list i don't know my list but you're on a lot i of hope mine. you know your list why i <laughs> <laughs> i wrote it down. i i couldn't even remember if you asked me to recite the the, the things on the list right now i probably couldn't do it okay yeah oh, that's fair I guess. as I you mentioned either. i'm supposedly drunk so yeah uh, well that, that holds true um, and one and a half cronenbergs for the record Ooh, cronenbergs eh? fancy Cops yeah, I'm going, I'm going through a Cronenberg phase. I've always liked them. It's just, uh, I had one at the Foundry when we went to the... Um, you did? I remember that. Yeah. The, uh... Wine tasting. What the hell did we go to? I was going to call it a fish and game event. It was, it was a It was a wine and cider tasting. There it is. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I, I've always enjoyed it, but I'm on a kick right now. Sometimes I go through phases with beers. I'm on a Cronenberg phase. Get it out of you. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the kick out of you. You want me to yak? Yeah, I get a kick. I get a kick out of you. You get a kick out of them. So <laughs> I don't know. 
I get a kick. Dun, dun. It's probably a country song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> That's a fair guess. Uh, it was International Women's Day this past. It Sunday. was. Yeah. Yeah. The ladies had the had the show. See, like what's kind of cool is with the upbeat week is there actually is some good news. Some, you know what I mean? There's some? there there's one thing I left off the breakdown. I'm going to have to mention to you uh, that we're going to have to talk about. That is not maybe not amazing news, but it's still like maybe okay, maybe not. Um, but yeah, like pretty much everything's good this week. And International Women's Day was actually, in terms of the National Hockey League, quite well done. Yeah, they actually, I heard they actually like acknowledged that it, <laughs> that it was International Women's Day, and like they like you know. It was like Ron McLean for the first 10 minutes and then no other men for the rest of the night. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it, so. Uh, I well, uh, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't have time to watch the whole thing, but I very rarely watch a full broadcast anyway, just because. Yeah, Sportsnet um, and uh, NBC both getting out of the action, both all female crews for the night. Yeah. Uh, seemed to go well. Yeah, I, I watched about a period and a half of the clips. Flames game. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch much of the Blackhawks Blues. I did see the highlights and heard the highlights, which is kind of important too. I think that Leah Hextall's actually probably got a future in being a play-by-play announcer. She did a pretty good job. I thought. Obviously, has to work out the kinks, but like that was her first pro play-by-play game. And considering, I thought she did damn good. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it was it was really cool. I'm happy to see that they did it. it it's about damn time, quite honestly. Um, you know, and, and it's it's it, it's one of those things, like, I don't know that, you know, like, I saw the comment, is um, is this really a long time coming? Like when they w- when would they have done it in the, in the in the past was kind of the the note that it was it was, it came with and like to a degree that's true. The only reason we don't know about female talent in the broadcasting world for hockey is because we haven't tried. That's a problem. Is because the, this this trio of of hockey announcers doing the the Flames game the other night, Christine Simpson, Leah Hextall, uh, and Cassie Campbell Pascal have all been within the CBC system for a while. Aside from them, though, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't really tried bringing up that many people. Like, between those three, Tara Sloan, um, you know what I mean? Like, a few other people, we, we it, they're not really prominent because we don't give them the opportunity. Not right. We, not we, I would. I don't give a shit. Sure. But, like, um, it, it's just one of those things There, there really aren't a lot of names toward the top, but that is that does speak to, you know, the... the the, the sexism, I guess, in the in the industry, um, the the unwillingness to actually give them the opportunity because, like, for me, I like if I didn't know it was International Women's Day, I would have gone probably fifteen minutes into that game not even noticing that it was all women. Hmm. I don't know. I don't care. Like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Like, there are people complaining about it on the internet. With these just hilarious takes about, like, you know, I watch hockey to escape from my wife. And it's like, that's fucked. Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, how like how bad is she? You know what I mean? Maybe you married the wrong person. Are you, like, are you okay, bro? Are you being held captive? Like, what are you talking about? There's so like, a, There's a mute button on your remote. Yeah, so, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm listening to women on there, and they're like, they're doing a great job. They're just, they're broadcasters. Like, I don't know. It's just the same thing to me. That's uh, that's very fair. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, and the NBC one was was good too, from what I saw from the highlights. Yeah. I thought the I I'm 
Oh, I'm blanking on her name right now. I want to. It's something Scott, Leah Scott, Heather Scott, something like that. She sounded like she had a really nice, like, good voice for calling goals and things like mm. that, uh, which was cool. Yeah, I, 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 this is part of the thing. Is like, I, I think the majority of, of hockey fan. I, I shouldn't say the majority, but I know a lot of hockey fans that would love to see more women, you know, in the sport, especially at, at this type of level, calling the games, analyzing the play between the periods, between the benches, mm-hmm. um, and. I think there's a, a little bit there, there's there's a conversation to be had in the sense that you've got some really great announcers like in, in the modern era there are some great announcers you go back 20 years it was like Bob Cole and like that was it right but like yeah. today we've got so many great announcers and they just you know for the most part they're men and you know I, I I'm not that's not to take anything away from a Chris Cuthbert or a Gord Miller it's just that you know what, they do great work and, you know, they, they have a job because of it. And it's it's great to see some women get an opportunity because that's the only way they're going to get better. Yeah. And and as soon as they get better, well, it's like I anyone. think that there's an avenue there. There's there's definitely a market. Um, None of the, no one no one's ever going to get better on TV until they're on TV. Exactly. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you are. It's just that that's yeah. the way it is. So, yeah. um, you know, you can only call so many demo games to yourself in your living room trying to submit Ooh. these tapes to, to, to all these networks. Until, you know what I mean? Until like until it just becomes stale. You're not learning. If you're only calling the games for yourself mm-hmm. and for the people that you're auditioning, like you're never going to get better. So until these people actually get on television and, and give them opportunities, they don't get better. And that's why you know when, when the NHL has the same 31 fucking announcers is because they all like seem to get stale pretty fast. Yeah, it's because no, we don't have anyone different. Exactly. It was it was refreshing. Uh, I'm I'm glad they did. It. I wish they did it more. You know, like this this International Women's Day. Let's make it a week. Let's let you know what I mean. Like yeah. let's expand this. Let's let's take it. Let's run with it. Um, I think Leah, I think Leah Hextall really has a future in it though, just because she kind of reminds me of like Gord Miller a little bit, and just like how Gord Miller kind of got involved with it. Like Leah's done so much stuff. Uh, away from the games themselves, like off ice stuff, interviews, and and has really cut her teeth, hockey central and stuff like that. Kind of the path that Gord Miller took, where it was just like one day they threw him in the broadcasting booth and were like, "Did did someone call in sick? Like, what the fuck is Gord doing calling the game?" <laughs> and Gord Miller is now like one of, if not the best, play by play guy in the NHL. Same thing goes like Brian Mudrick, not not nearly as good yet, but Brian Mudrick's a guy who was on SportsCenter for 10, 15 years, and now all of a sudden he's a play by play announcer, and it's like okay. <laughs> You know, like, I'm sure it takes time. There's a reason why a lot of these people are older, and the times they try younger people in these roles, eh, not as good. It takes a little bit of time to get good at it. I understand it's not an easy job, but uh, I thought she did great. And Kate Scott was the name I was looking for. Uh, Seemed like she did a great job, too. I thought it was cool that the NHL actually honored um, the day. Yeah. And, you know, it was was fantastic. Not in just. uh, you know what I mean? Bringing out like someone's wife for a pregame puck drop and being like, "Here's the wife of Brent Seabrook, everybody." Woo, Brent and his wife checks the cue card. Natasha. I don't know if that's her name. It's actually Natasha. I don't know uh, if Brent Seabrook's Russian. married. Even I'm not um, really sure. Yeah, no, it, it was fantastic. It was a, it was a nice change of pace. I hope they uh, continue to do stuff like that in the future. And uh, Dana. as far as I'm concerned, it should be more than once a year, but. Baby steps, I guess, and unfortunately, that's where we're at. Yeah, well, I'm hoping. Yeah. It, I'm hoping at the very least that this is a maybe for Kate Scott. I'm hoping that this is an opportunity now for Leah Hextall, and maybe she can be the one to kind of help break through. I mean, like you, you look in the U.S. and and well, and in Canada too. Like Cassie Campbell Pascal has been 
uh, doing play by play for years and 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 she's okay I don't I don't love her nor hate her uh, I think AJ Mazelko though who's been doing play by play in the states for years uh, for NBC is is phenomenal like I I think she's a top easily top ten maybe top five color analyst in the game like she's incredible I think um, and then it's funny right like you you check the you check Twitter and those other fucking useless websites like during these games and stuff like that and people will be like ugh AJ Mazelko so stale ugh it's like yeah are you the same guys complaining that you try to get escape from the escape from your horrid wives by watching uh, NHL on NBC on a Sunday yeah. I don't get that man. that's the weirdest thing that this is your escape like same, oh, same kind of guy that when you, you go to an escape room on a Saturday afternoon as a career building event you're just like escape from what my wife's not here <laughs> yeah. well anyway that's bullshit um, yeah congrats to the women uh, let's keep it coming let's keep it uh, let's keep it fresh let's 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 you know break the glass ceiling and and, uh, and allow more of these opportunities in the future no shit we uh, we are entering a uh, period in time where there are uh, just about, or the possibility will be there for uh, no fans uh, in the stands at Sharks games, and uh, that is not uh, a comment uh, reflective to their ability on the ice. Uh, surprisingly enough, no, which but isn't I, great. But but but, it, but in hindsight, it's a blessing in disguise because it's gonna money. it's gonna save about a hundred hundred thousand Sharks yeah. fans some money over those final five six games. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's real bad. Um, least, I guess I guess it's a last week. bit of a yeah. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah I guess if it had to happen in a team, I guess this is probably one of the ones you want it to happen too. But uh, yeah, the Sharks might be faced with an empty arena. Some other teams potentially in the works. Uh, I heard Columbus, Tampa. So what happened with Florida. Columbus was that it's different because the ah oh, got him. Santa Clara yeah. area, like literally said, like you you can't have an event over a, over a thousand people. If you do, like it's it's illegal. You can't you can't do it. Can't be done. And so the Sharks are like, okay, we either have to find a new place to play our games, or we have to play the games with no fans in the stands. Which like, I feel like the logistics for finding another place to play that game just kind of outweighs the actual. There's, there was a third option, though, too. You know, well, what's the third option? Uh, reschedule, postpone the game. Because this is only a three-week block that the, the county's placed on. Right, but but it's six games. It is six games, but the first game isn't for almost, well, it's about nine days away. Yeah. Until they're back at home. Oh, okay. On the road for nine. Well, I like, I understand that that's conceivably an option, but it's not, like... It's not logically going to be an option. Like it just, it just isn't. Like if you think about it, like there's the 19th, I think it's 21st, and then maybe the 23rd or something like that. Like you're, you're for sure talking about three games. You're, right. you're for sure talking three games. The schedule's already made so that way every team plays three games that final week of the season. You can't shove six fucking games that last week of the season. You certainly can't make the Boston Bruins play on the Monday when the playoffs start on the Wednesday. You can't have the Bruins start their playoff series on the Saturday. Because they had a regular season game stretching into Monday. Like, there's just... Logistically, there's... I don't think there's any way to make it happen. But it's a nice thought. I get it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Well, I mean, the whole situation's obviously unfortunate. It's just, like... 
comparing it, it, it's unfortunate that this happens at the end of the year because there's not really you're not really left with that option. I don't think, it's, and that's why I didn't mention. It. As far as I'm concerned, the postponing thing, it's not going to happen. Maybe one of the games mm-hmm. at best, I think. But yeah, so I mean, if you play them in a neutral site, it's great. But it just it seems like a lot of work for like, especially I don't know. Maybe maybe be, like one of the games against Montreal. Maybe a lot of people are coming down to California to watch that game. If you find a different hockey arena in California and a community that you're allowed to play hockey in, maybe an arena that seats like 8,000 people or something, I'm assuming this works because there's about 35 pro hockey teams between the NHL and the AHL in California. I'm sure they can find a place to do it, but uh, to me, uh, honestly, I think and it, it sucks because it doesn't put money in the owner's pocket, but I think the most logical thing is to play it without fans because I think it would probably cost more money to move the game than it would to just refund the tickets. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the numbers. I'm not an NHL owner. Right. Yeah, No. so they they, they play the 19th and the 21st and they're back on the road for three. And then by the time they come home again, this this three-week block will be up. So there's two home games in this window. One, of course, is against the Boston Bruins. One is against the Montreal Canadiens. What if... And I don't think this is likely, but I'm just throwing an idea out there. What if the NHL said we're going to postpone those two games? Play them next year. I hear you. They bump them to the end of the season. Uh, they bump them to the end of the season. Hell yeah, baby! And by the time they get to the end of the season, those two games have no effect on the outcome of the standings. And we take a page of the MLB and we just wipe them from the. Is is there like that's a thing? Like I don't know. Is there any rules stipulating they have to play eighty two games? There honestly might be, knowing the NHL and how it works, and like, because yeah, you'd have to find a way. Like you definitely still have to compensate the players for the game. Um, you still and, get your pay. and the staff and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is one of those things, right? Like if you postpone this game to like the Tuesday before the playoffs, yeah. Is Tampa catching Boston? Probably not. Well, is Montreal making the playoffs? Probably no, but that's not, exactly right. right. Like, so, it, like if it's well, okay, it gets a little messy when you're talking about a playoff team to me. I think because to have a, a, a team come into the playoffs that's played 81 games and the other two have played 80 or the other ones have played 82, that gets a little messy to me. And I'm not really sure that there is a right or wrong answer to it. It just to me that the the level of consistency. Okay, so give the option to Boston then. You can play your 82nd game the day before your playoffs start, or you cannot. Your choice. No, no, it has nothing to do... It has to do with all the other teams to me. Boston obviously wouldn't... Why would you you want to play that fucking game? You have nothing to gain from playing a fucking garbage game against San Jose anyway. If you ask them right now, before the coronavirus (laughs) thing, do you want to go to San Jose and play the Sharks on the 21st? Well, no, I'd rather Tori Krug, like, stay healthy. Like, why the fuck would we play that game? My point is that, you know... It's for Tampa Bay sitting there. It's like, well, no, let's get Tory Krug on the ice against the Sharks. Come on, like, let's see what happens. Why not, baby? Let's play yeah. game eighty-two, right? Like to me, if if the I'm Providence Bruins have all been called, up. yeah, like I, like if it, basically all I'm saying is like back when I coached, if if I was coming into the playoffs against a team that had done nothing but practice for two weeks and we just had a game the night before to fight to get into the playoffs or something, I'm fucking livid that they only played twenty-six out of twenty-eight games or twenty-seven out of twenty-eight. Fuck yeah, that. That's fair. So, like, I, I, I don't like it from that point. Um, it gets a little messy. I get, though, the idea. Because, like, if you're playing Montreal on that Tuesday, and I'm Claude Julien, like, I'm not making a banged-up Thomas Tatar make that trip. I'm not, like, none, no one's making the trip. The fucking Laval Rocket are making the trip. 
And who's playing for the Sharks that night? The fucking Barracudas. And it's an AHL game. And you've got people flying down from Montreal because they had tickets from a month ago. They're still coming down to see the game. And who's the best player in the lineup? Oh, it's fucking, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi. Oh, what a, what a fucking star-driven game this is. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi against Kyle Wood and the San Jose Barracuda. Oh, baby. Mm. Yeah. No, you're right. It's not an easy solution. Um, it's something that... Uh, you know, it's unprecedented. NHL. That's the big problem to me. Is because like there's not there's not much to go off of. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's very little precedence right. for anything like this, especially in the modern era, right? Yeah. You know, eighty years ago, of course, everyone had influenza. You know, they also barely had medicine, but <laughs> they didn't know about kombucha back then. They had no idea what's going on. True. The German and Austrian leagues have decided to shut down their seasons. Uh, both leagues have suspended play. The playoffs will not take part. Um, there will be no champion. Uh, the KHL is faced with a similar crisis uh, in that the Russian government has made a statement saying that, you know, same idea, no no gatherings of, you know, 5,000 people or whatever it is. Um, and their playoffs start, I believe, in two weeks. Should the NHL just shut down for three weeks? Like, should we just call it at 72 games, suspend everybody from playing their last 10 hold the standings where they are and start the playoffs on schedule yeah. but a bit of a, a bit of a break between here here's the problem is now you get into an ethical debate right and that, that's a thing for me is because like from an nhl standpoint you know just in terms of the competition of course you fucking shouldn't it's a horrible idea you can't you can't fucking do that it's it's it it begins a ripple effect for years of just a trickle down effect of how this is going to affect teams players careers these nine games i don't want to get in too much of a philosophical debate here but the butterfly effect of what could happen in those nine games for all these 31 teams and how it affects nhl history i think is just it's a little too crazy for me to 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 really analyze so of course you should never shorten a season however <laughs> like i am 100 percent against the spreading of coronavirus <laughs> Like, I'm definitely anti-coronavirus, for sure. So, I I don't know. Like, that, that that's the thing. Like, it, it gets into more of, like, a medical sort of... You're, you're assuming I know how, you know what I mean, how easily contagious this is and things like that. I actually don't. I, I have no idea. The thing is, is, like, the, the all, you know, all these health agencies are coming out and putting out these PSAs and, like, wash your hands and don't touch your face. Okay, well... A, uh, I wash my hands, even when I'm healthy, on average, I would say 50 times a day. Like, I wash my hands a fuck ton, because I work two jobs with the general public. So, like, I'm constantly, it's a little excessive some days, but whatever, I do it all the time. Doesn't change anything for me. Uh, Number, uh, you know, number two, I touch my face a lot. I have a beard. My face gets itchy. That's why I wash my hands a lot. (laughs) You know what I mean? I like so I can't do that, <laughs> you know. So that's the extent of my knowledge of how this is contagious, and um, my understanding is that it's it's moderately contagious, but it's it's something that would be very detrimental to someone with a compromised immune system, and that's kind of where I, I I sympathize and I understand that. Um, I certainly wouldn't blame any pro league for any decision that they make about 
being proactive about it. Uh, if all these pro leagues want to say, well, no, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just going to ignore it. Well, n- no. But if, you know what I mean? Like, if you think it's okay. The, the funny thing to me has been the reaction to the media having their access denied for the next few weeks. Like, they can't go in the locker rooms. They can't do the uh, on-the-bench interviews anymore. Uh, when they do the, the scrums, they now have to do it behind a velvet rope from a distance. I understand that these are things that members of the media, a group that I strive to be a part of maybe one day, uh, fought very hard for these rights. But they're making it out like they fought very hard for these rights, like they went to war. And these are the, this is what the Stan Fischlers fought for 50 years ago. My father, Stan Fischler. I remember in 1942, we couldn't go and talk to Ditsy McClapahan after the game. And we thought that was wrong. Like, like who gives a shit? You're talking about if you can stand two feet or 15 feet away from a professional athlete and ask him the same stupid questions that no one wants to hear the fucking answer to because we've heard it asked 10,000 times already before. Fuck you. Like, I don't give a fuck, man. I couldn't give a f- I couldn't give less of a fuck. Couldn't remember the last time that I watched a, an interview that I gave a shit about that was like, you know... Like, between the benches, between periods or something. I don't care. Like, who cares? I get that these are things that they're that are in their, you know, their agreement with the NHL. You're not going to lose them. It's a written contract. You'll get them back in October. Nobody cares right now, though. There's a fucking epidemic going on. <laughs> no one gives. No one cares. Ah, That's fair. It's hilarious. We have to lay stuff Should they cancel the rest uh, of the season? Probably not, but what do I know? Yeah. We get the Laced Up podcast. Continue to come to you from a corona-free space environment. Uh, Cronenbergs, so, mostly. Yeah. Keeping you uh, keeping you all safe at, in your homes. You can listen to our, do you, our takes from there. Do you have a thought? Um, more or less the same, just more focused and less ranty than mine? <laughs> I don't really have a... Like, I, I have some hard opinions on the coronavirus as it is, and I don't know if they're popular, so... I'll just say that I oh, hope... Oh, dish, dish! I Well, okay. So, like, I don't think that we need to freak out about this as much as we're freaking out about this, as far as I'm concerned, okay? Like, I, I'm i old enough to remember SARS, and I'm old enough to remember Ebola, and a number of other, like, pandemics that went around the world. SARS was fucked. SARS was fucked. SARS, SARS, like, because, like, here's the thing, SARS... Um, still very much a disease, uh, is fucked. Yeah. Like, that's an ugly... That's a really ugly fucking disease. Killed a lot more people uh, in a in a much shorter yeah, period of time. Like you don't you don't want to get that. I mean, you don't want to get coronavirus um, either, but... And to me, and this is where I think people kind of lose me on my opinion, but uh, for me, the difference between uh, the, the panic of SARS and the panic of uh, coronavirus, uh, social media. So... That's, oh, you're not wrong that's at all. That's my thought on that. Sure you are. Like, I... No, and, and you know what? Like, like I don't know... Like, it, basically, if coronavirus came... If this happened when SARS did, it doesn't get this reaction. It doesn't. But I don't know that that's right, either. Like, maybe... Like, my thought is maybe we should be having this reaction. I, I don't... I actually don't really know. I, I, I haven't thought about it. 
And uh, for those of you who don't know me, I try not to read the news or think about the news very much. That's why I know so much about hockey and I have a hockey podcast is because I don't give a fuck about all these other things that I probably should care about but don't. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know, I feel like this probably doesn't happen 18 years ago to this extent, I don't know if we freak out like this in 2002, 2003, um, and I do believe social media has a large part of that, but I don't know if it's one of those things where I'll say it is all negative, you know what I mean? It might be for the better that we are cancelling events and shit like that, like, again, I'm going to Winnipeg, uh, all of the three things I plan to do about down there could get cancelled, I don't know. Yeah. I might be going down to hang out in Winnipeg for a weekend. With John. The, pl- the plant, like, <laughs> I always tell people I go to Winnipeg every year, and they're like, why? And it's like, well, no, I go to do stuff. Like, I don't go to, you know, I'm not just going to the mall five times and having Red Lobster. I don't go to Red Lobster. I don't go to Olive Garden. I don't go, I go to, like, you know, yeah. more not, fun restaurants. I go to games. Yeah, I go to, yeah. well, we, well, I'll go to Ikea, but... <laughs> it's more I throw up in an Ikea yeah it's more like we don't want to hit the road quite yet because we're a little too hungover from four days sure, of drinking so sure. far I don't know I just I think that if you take the social media aspect out of it the NHL has as much information today as they likely would have had back in the Stars pandemic no games were cancelled then maybe I, I, I maybe am forgetting like some media restrictions that aren't coming to mind right away but we weren't playing in empty arenas. We weren't shutting down European leagues. Uh, you know, the Sharks weren't saying you can't hold crowds of over 5,000. So I just, I'm trying to, to make the correlation. I can't. Um, it sucks. I, I, I really wish there was, you know, a, a way that we could kind of make sure that, you know, the league could go on without having that fear. And aside from having, like, you know... Um, screenings on your way through the door to the arena, there really isn't a, a, a safe way to, to make sure that you're going into a, you know, corona-free environment, uh, so to speak. But uh, I don't know. I'd rather see them just hold the games in empty arenas before I see them cancel games like the European leagues. So Yeah, no, I, I, I think for now it's the right course of action. Um I I would rather watch a game um, with no one in the stands because the community told nobody to go to the game because you're not allowed to go um, than watch a game with nobody in the stands because no one gives a shit because the game's in a swamp in Florida. <laughs> Very fair. Got him, bitches. Yeah. Uh, a reminder that this is the up... Beat week uh, at the Laced Up Podcast. Mm. So, so far, we've covered. Well, uh, hey, you know what? If you're looking for something fun to do this and, uh, summer, why don't you go to Airdale hey. Fly In Fishing and Hunting? There it is. Uh, located in the bombing metropolis of Wawa, Ontario, Airdale has provided an unbelievable, unmatchable, corona free, you know, unique, well, not entirely. To date. To date. Uh, not entirely. We'll get there. Um, Unique wilderness experience since 1945. They have 18 remote outpost camps that help keep the lake pristine. The fishing experience extraordinary. You know what? It is coronavirus free. It is not free of coronas. Um, great place to sit out in the sun when you're not fishing. Great place to sit out in the sun when you are fishing. I know a lot of people probably are not too excited to go to Wawa. This is why you go to Wawa. This is what there is to do there. 
They have a beautiful wilderness, and you want to take advantage of it. You want to catch such fish as James Boom. The Redibola. The uh, Speckleback Sars. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the Point Fin Swine. The Spanish Trout. Spanish, Spanish Flu Trout. <laughs> Oh, man. No, their fish are healthy, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can eat the fish, but don't you drink the ice? Oh, man. Or something. This, um, is, this is terrible. Um, but you know what's not terrible, Airedale? I, I gotta tell you, it's it's something I'm looking forward to potentially doing this summer. Uh, I got a lot of things on the go, but I'm trying to fit Airedale in there because it just sounds like such a good time. It's great for bachelor parties. Uh, weekends with the boys weekends with the family it's kind of uh it's kind of that all-in outdoor experience and and i think that it's something that uh we should all give a try this summer because i'm certainly looking forward to giving it a try i don't know about all of us but yeah if you got coronavirus stay at home Uh, don't don't infect walla uh airedale is open from may 15th to october 31st so hopefully we're all quite healthy by then uh visit www.outpostcamps.com for more information and begin planning your trip to airedale today mm. can't wait to have a few coronas with sammy the singing salmon oh, i did want to talk to you about uh jim little was what i forgot to put on the breakdown um which was the ceo of the ottawa senators who was uh fired this week um for about 24 hours i have never been a bigger fan of a human being until more stuff broke out and it's like oh no well yeah you 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 know the first part of the story i'm sure yeah. Uh, of Jim Little getting fired. Yeah. Um, Told his boss to go fuck off. Yeah. Well, Big so what, what happened was is they, they fired him for conduct un- unbecoming. Unbecoming something, whatever, of, of his role with the Ottawa Senators and the Ottawa Senators organization. Blech, whatever. And so he gets fired. Everyone's like, oh, fuck, what did this guy do? Because, you know, the organization's such a mess. You, you think the worst of the guy. And then the story breaks and it's like, yeah, apparently... Jim Little told uh, Eugene Melnick that the best thing for the team that he owns would be for him to disappear for 12 months, which... Big fan. I'm okay with that. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Beautiful. Couldn't have put it better my fucking self. Probably would have put it a lot more, uh, you know, unfriendly myself. And so that's why you hire a guy um, and pay him the big bucks like Jim Little. And the story breaks that Jim Little may potentially be abusive to his wife and so now jim little's not exactly the people's champ that he was for 12 to 36 hours but i would like to point out that i think it's great that someone finally told eugene melnick to go fuck himself even if it is a fellow asshole yeah i thought it was weird that all of a sudden that story came out about yeah i mean like like, uh seemed very coincidental again and and this is where in the whole you know like i i i I don't know. Some, something to be said for innocent until proven guilty, but also where there's smoke, there's fire. You could make all these cliches and, and try to prove your point, I'm sure. sure. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little worrying, I think. Not, but... not really going to jump on the trust train uh, when it comes to statements made by a team owned by Eugene Melnick. Oh, you mean, so... oh, you, mean you don't like the Ottawa Sun, James? No, well, <laughs> no, not Oh, exactly. really? Yeah, shocking. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I 
I, I just I we, don't, cool we don't story, yeah we don't need but, to focus on yeah, the second part of it just how mint is part it, of it is pretty cool how great is yeah. it that someone finally told Eugene Melnick to the truth fly you know, a kite the truth. yeah 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 exactly uh, it's, it's long overdue it's great yeah do you okay should we should we formally place a bet on the podcast while while we have it here while we still have it because I'm sure you know few more weeks of joking around about coronavirus we're probably going to get shut down somehow even though we're an independent podcast how much longer does Eugene Melnick or Eugene Melnick's estate own the Ottawa Senators how long does that second kidney have <laughs> oh man is that it was a kidney transplant I don't know why I always think it's a liver transplant oh fuck maybe it was that's a lot harder to come back from yeah long term it was a liver transplant surgery. Yeah, there it is. I was going to say, because, like, kidney transplant, it wouldn't be a second one. You can live with one right. quite easily, yeah. but you definitely can't live with zero. He's 60. He's already replaced He's his only 60 yeah. years old? He's already replaced his liver. It just feels like he's owned them forever. I'll That's say all. 14 more years. You think so? Oh, my God. I don't know if we're gonna have a podcast in fourteen more I years. Doubt it. Like it's it's one, it's one of those things. We either still have it and it's way bigger than it is now, or we don't have one because I don't think in fourteen years we're gonna have an independently owned podcast. Let's keep the no. Eight. Actually, well, no, maybe we will, but it's gotta be we gotta be making good scorchuni off of it by then. So what we're saying is that we're going to keep our anchor page, and in 14 years we'll come back and record one episode. A comeback episode. Eugene Melnick is... Um, man, man, they're not going to have podcasts by then. They're going to have fucking virtual reality fucking news reels. Like, you put on your virtual reality headset, and it's just us looking at you, yelling at you. Something like that. I don't like that. And then we cook you dinner, or whatever. This is... This is getting really have sex with you, yeah, whatever that's it is. Where thing. I was worried it was going. <laughs> I don't like. I don't. I don't know. I'm worried. I worry. The future worries me. <laughs> the future without Eugene Melnick worries me a little less. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm gonna put. Um, I think it's significantly shorter. I'm gonna say within the next three years, he's not the owner of the Ottawa Senators or his estate. Okay. I think. I, I'm not so sure that it's going to be him coming to his senses as it's going to be something is going to be, like, too much for the NHL. I don't okay. know. Because, like, this guy this guy doesn't have enough money. He's not greasing Gary Bettman's pockets or anything. I don't think Gary Bettman gives a fuck about Eugene Melnick, you know. I'll give Gary Bettman one thing. It's that I, I don't think he's he has favorites that much. I think he, you know what I mean, aside from giving Chicago outdoor games, I think he's pretty impartial. He doesn't care. He doesn't have friends. He that's, doesn't like you. That's, I, I agree. You know? Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, I don't know. 14 years. That's, okay. that's my... I'm going three. Okay. That's fine. You you sound like you have a better... 20, 24, 24 to 30 months, actually. I'll go less than three. Wow. Two to two and a half years. Okay. You're really taking this by the... I think... By the time uh, I have to go to Cody Fraser's bachelor party, put it that way, which is in uh, June of 2022. There it is. Okay. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. All right. I got a, I got a quiz for you. Okay. I got a quiz for you. These are always um, fun. We, uh, we discussed earlier about how we got uh, a little trip down memory lane 
about our, our hockey past, our, our, our favorite memories. And uh, memories, th- yeah, exactly. Makes me wanna go back. This uh, this quiz is inspired by a recent memory that we had that we shared with a former guest of the podcast. So get back, back, back to where we last, and just like I gotta use that as an intro one week. Okay, um, this is uh, the obscure captains quiz inspired oh. by your finding. Of a Kirk Muller Montreal Canadiens captain jersey. I do like this quite a bit. (laughs) I, again, as someone who, when you ask me who's the captain of the Atlanta Thrashers, and my immediate thought is Garnet Exelby, like, I I do think this is something that's kind of up my alley. Okay. Within the last 15 years, anyway. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, I I I only got eight questions for you. I do have a tiebreaker. But a little shorter of a quiz for you. Sure. Um, we're going to start off here. Question number one. This is all multiple choice. Okay. Uh, which of the following teams did current head coach Bob Buchner once captain in the NHL? Which Bob of the following teams did Bob Buchner yep. captain? Uh, was it the Buffalo Sabres? The Calgary Flames? The Nashville Predators? Or the Carolina Hurricanes? Ooh. Who did Bob Bugner captain? I I don't I ah man, those are four good options because I could see them all being the option. He did play for all of them as well. I yo I know that. <laughs> I don't think it's Buffalo, mostly just because I don't even know when they would have had a captain that I wouldn't immediate like a year that I wouldn't immediately know the answer. Okay. I have a feeling it's Nashville or Carolina, but. I can somehow picture it being Calgary too. I'm I'm gonna go Carolina. Uh, that's incorrect. Hmm. Uh, the correct answer uh, in the 2001, 2002, and 2002-2003 seasons, uh, he was co-captain alongside Craig Conroy of the Calgary Flames. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know Craig Conroy was a captain either. So maybe oh, wow. I'm not that good at this. Okay. Well, there's time to bounce back. You got, yeah. That's the first question. You dipped your toe in the water. God damn it. Yeah, didn't get coronavirus. Okay, question number two. Jesus. Uh, which expansion team uh, did Tom Fitzgerald once captain? Okay. Uh, the Florida Panthers, the Columbus Blue Jackets, what? the Tampa Bay Lightning, or the Nashville Predators? Uh, what was the first option? Florida? Florida. Florida? Who's the second option? Columbus. Columbus. I don't, Tampa. I don't remember Nashville. him ever playing for Columbus. Did he play for Columbus? Can you answer that? You can. Well, you can tell me no because the answers are going to be very clear that he didn't captain them, or you could just not answer it. I, I, I may not answer that one. Okay. I don't think he played for Columbus. He he definitely didn't captain them. Uh, Florida. So who are my remaining three? Florida, Tampa, Nashville. Tampa, Nashville. I don't think it's Tampa either. I'm gonna go Nashville. That's correct. Tom Fitzgerald served as the captain of the Nashville Predators from their inaugural season in ninety eight ninety nine until uh, two thousand and one two thousand and two. Yeah, when I believe when I believe he was traded to the Leafs from Nashville. Uh, could be wrong on uh, on that trade. Okay, but he was the f- he was the debut captain of the Nashville Predators. How cool! How cool is that, Tom Fitzgerald? Uh, he did also play for the Florida Panthers and Tampa Lightning, 
but he did not play for the Columbus Blue Yeah, I just couldn't couldn't see that hockey card for sure. There you go. All right, now question number three. Well, which team has defenseman Brian McCabe not captained? No, this is... Wow, that's crazy. Which team has Brian McCabe not captained? Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, the New York Islanders, the Vancouver Canucks, or the Florida Panthers? And, uh, and I, I can tell you, he played for all of them. It's Chicago or the Islanders, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to say Chicago, because I believe that's where he played when he was like... I feel like that was like his first team. So I think that was like when he was the youngest and therefore might not have been the captain. Uh, Yeah, no, whatever. Fucking lock it in. Chicago. Chicago. You're going Chicago. Uh, That is incorrect. Mm. Uh, Brian McCabe... Uh, did captain the Blackhawks um, right before he was acquired by the Maple Leafs, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, He did not, however, captain the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, really? Yes. That was the one I felt good about. Despite playing more games as a Canuck than he did the Islanders, uh, he he played more... uh, He did not captain the Vancouver Canucks. What year did he captain the Islanders? Uh, He captained the Islanders. Let me pull that up. I have no recollection of that. He, he served as captain in the 97-98 season. Uh, oh. The year he was traded to the Canucks. Oh, good. John, yes. John Spano era. Yes. That's good. I believe Kenny Johnson took over after uh, his departure. That would make sense. Yes. Uh, all right, Brutes. Uh, you are one for three. Lots of time. Lots of time. Question number four. This is a tough one. Which team did Jason Allison captain? All right. Which team did Jason Allison captain. I've got uh, the Boston Bruins, the Los Angeles Kings, the Washington Capitals, or the New York Islanders. I I really don't think he played for the Capitals or the Islanders, to be honest with you. Um, I'm quite certain... No, maybe I'm not. (laughs) Um, My head's telling me that he was the captain of the Boston Bruins. My heart's telling me the Kings, but I'm go- I'm going to go Bruins. Here go Bruins. Uh, that is correct. Uh, Jason Allison served as uh, captain of the Bruins between Ray Bork and Joe Thornton hmm. uh, in 2000-2001. Uh, just uh, just 25 years old. Yeah, Jason Allison for a a time when the NHL was much slower was uh, really good. Yeah, he was. Uh, that's true. He had 95 points that year as captain. Fuck. My God. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. All right. You are two and two through four questions. Uh, question number five. Uh, this one, uh, I, I left uh, Kirk Muller off the options list for this next one as it would have been a bit of a giveaway. Which yeah. player once captained the Montreal Canadien? Okay. Was it Pierre Turgeon? Denny Savard? Shane Corson? Or Stefan Richet. Denny Savard was the second option. Denny Savard was the second. Denny option. Savard is by far the most obvious on the list, so I feel like it can't be right because I was immediately going to be like, "Well, fucking Denny Savard," but but it, it could be also one of those ones you're just placing it right in front of me, and I shouldn't I shouldn't know. So who's the first name? Pierre Turgeon. Yeah, I don't think it was Pierre Turgeon. Uh, I'm gonna go Stefan Richet. Stefan Richet. Uh, that is incorrect. Hmm. Uh, the correct answer, uh, in the 95-96 season, 
Pierre Turgeon, captain to the Montreal. Ugh, fuck that. Yeah. Denny Savard never did. Uh, Serge Savard did. Um, yeah. And Shane Corson, while captaining a few other teams, did not captain the Montreal Canadiens. Stefan Richet uh, mentioned in an episode of Seinfeld um, when George is dating Sienna and they're hanging out in the car. Uh, I believe Jerry and Kramer and everyone else are at the game. And Stefan Richet, it's mentioned on the radio because they're listening to the game. George didn't go because he's on a date with Sienna. Um, that Stefan Richet has scored a goal for the Devils, thus putting the Rangers down, who everyone in the episode other than Elaine's boyfriend at the time, David Putty, played by Patrick Warburton, um, was cheering for the Rangers, you know, because they live in New York City, because it's, it's of Seinfeld. Course, of course, and, yes. uh, and so Stefan Richet scores the goal. So... Hmm. That's did neat. you know that? I did not really know that. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not that stupid. There you go. Uh, you are two for five. Um, got three questions left here. There's still time to make it up. Um, not dead yet. But is you there gotta, a tiebreaker? Uh, there is a tiebreaker. Okay. All right, so there, there's still a chance here. you got to get at least two of these next three. All right? Yeah. That's the odds. Here yeah. we go. Number six, Ray Whitney. Oh, fuck. No! My kryptonite! <laughs> Ray Whitney played for eight NHL teams in his career. Uh, which did he captain? Was it the San Jose Sharks? The Carolina Hurricanes? Pretty sure. The Arizona Coyotes? Or the Columbus Blue Jackets? That was the one I was hoping you weren't going to bring up, though. Okay. Give me the options again. The San Jose Sharks? The Carolina Hurricanes? The Arizona Coyotes? Or the Columbus Blue Jackets? I'm going Columbus. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, Ray Whitney was captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the 0203 season. Uh, just one year, 76 points that season, uh, uh, leading the team in points. Um, second captain in franchise history. Okay, is is it going to come up? Because can you tell me who the first one is? Lyle Odeline. Oh wow! I had two guesses, and neither were Lyle Odeline. Yeah, I was no, going to go. Fair. I was going to go Rusty Klesla or Jeff Sanderson. But ooh, Jeff Sanderson would have been a good guess. For yeah. Sure. I I can't believe Jeff Sanderson never capped in the Blue Jackets. It doesn't look like it. Well, yeah. Um, the more you know. All right, you gotta get these last two correct. All right, we got we got two. Well, I just go. got that last one, so I need to get one of the last two. Did you? Oh, you did. Yeah. No, my apologies. Ray Whitney, there you go. Columbus yeah, bitches. No, you Let's got go. it. Let's go. You got it. Um, sorry, you threw me off with the Lyle Odeline thing. <clears throat> okay. Lyle, my guy. Number seven. Which player was the first captain in the history? Of the Atlanta Thrashers. Was it Steve Steos? Was it Ray Ferraro? Was it Kelly Bookberger? Or was it Nelson Emerson? Holy shit. Who was the first option? Steve Steos. If you would have asked me, none of those would have been f- the, f- the four names I would have thought of. That's wild, actually. So, Steos, Ferraro, Emerson, and... Bookberger. Man, that one makes the most sense. For some reason, I think it's Nelson Emerson. But, like, why? <laughs> like, why would it be Nelson Emerson? I'm, I'm, ah, uh, it's between Buckberger or Steos. I really don't think it was Ray Ferraro. I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Kelly Buckberger. That's correct, Birds. Nice! <clears throat> Kelly Buckberger. Kelly Let's Buckberger go. was captain in 9900. Former Stanley Cup champion, I believe, right? I, One with the Oilers, no? I have no idea. <laughs> was he, yeah, okay. Um, he won a cup with the uh, Oilers, yes. Yeah. 
uh, captain in 9900, Steve Steos was captain in 0001, and yeah, Ray like, Ferraro was captain in 0102. Yeah, like, again, like, I knew they both captained the team, but I, I figured there was a good two years before they... Okay. Nelson Emerson led the uh, inaugural Thrashers in scoring. So, there you go. Holy shit, Nelson Emerson played 771 games. There it is. 488 points. All right, Brutes, uh, you're sitting at uh, four correct, three wrong, Yeah. with one question to go here. You can win yeah. it, or we go to overtime. Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here it is, number eight. Which team has a Thunder Bay native not captain? Ooh, this is a good question. What team... <laughs> Which I like that question. A That's Bay a native, good question. Not captain. All right. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. The St. Louis Blues. The Ottawa Senators. Or the Edmonton Oilers. Not captained. Oilers, pretty sure. Ducks, fairly certain. Senators and who? The Blues. Not really Blanking on a senator. Like, captain. Cap- the captain. C on the jersey. See, the thing with the senators it's, is it's like, it's it's going to be glaringly obvious. Because the future is so, sh- or the, the, the history is so short. You don't mean like the, the 1800s. <laughs> the, the, <fucking laughs> the 1912 Ottawa senators. Actually, a Skippy McClutzkin in, uh, yeah, first house on Mary Street, little yeah. known fact, uh. Yeah, 001 East Mary. He won the he won the cup and he used his earnings from that season to buy a front door. Yeah. Um I I I just I think the the I think the answer is the Senators because I feel like I have the most grasp on their history of the four teams and I really don't even have like I can only name like maybe three or four Senators from Thunder Bay. Mm. So I'm I'm gonna go Senators. Okay. Um, the Anaheim Ducks were captained for one season by Steve Rukin. I knew that. The Edmonton Oilers were captained by Lee Fogelin yeah. the year before Gretzky took over. The St. Louis Blues have had fifteen players from Thunder Bay in their history. None of them captained. None of them captained. <laughs> That's funny. The answers. I mean, I couldn't blues. come up with them. Who captained the Senators? Norm Masiber. No way. Yes, in oh. the ninety-three, ninety-four season. Okay. The year before Dad. I'm okay with getting that wrong. Then good yes. for him. Yeah, good for him. I didn't know that. Okay, that brings us to our overtime wow, question. Norm Masiber. Yeah. Cool. Way back in the day. That's pretty cool. Uh, all right, this this could be this could go one of two ways. I think this is either gonna be really really easy, like a, almost like too easy, or it, it could trip you up. So we're gonna, I'm I'm hope I'm hopefully this is a bit challenging without being too easy, but being realistic that you have a shot at it. So it's gonna be one of those obscure facts I just already know for some reason. Who is the NHL's longest current tenured captain? No. All right. Uh. Okay, and, and again, this might be a dead giveaway, but I am assuming we're talking like he is an active roster player. Active okay. captain of an NHL team. Okay, yeah. Longest tenured. Just making sure I'm not forgetting about fucking... <laughs> Marianosa. Ryan Johnson's still on the LTIR for the Blues or right. something. It's yeah. like, what? Never never surrendered his captaincy. Although Petrangelo has the C, he uh, it still goes to Ryan Johnson somehow. 
Longest tenure. I, I'm only really having one name come to mind. I got two now. <laughs> don't know who's been the captain longer, I don't think. If it uh, if it helps or doesn't help, there have been five captains that have served at least a decade in the NHL. That doesn't help. Hmm. <laughs> five current captains? That's five current captains that are in their oh my or more season. I don't even think I can name the, the five. <laughs> yeah, that should have been the question. <laughs> Holy shit. What? How's that even possible? I can't even believe there's five players who have been in the NHL more than ten years. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, wow. Well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to... Oh... Oh, might have got it. Oh, man, this is a good question. It's, for me, it's Getzlaff, Koyavu, or Taves. Because mm. Giroud wasn't the captain until, like, seven years ago. Crosby, I thought, got named after... No, but he would have been before Koyavu. And before Getzlaff. Maybe it's fucking Sidney Crosby. <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Let's let's actually let's go with the goat. I'm going Sidney Crosby. Fuck it. You're going Sidney Crosby. Let's go with Sid, baby. Why All not? Right. Sidney Crosby has been captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins since 2007, 2008. Oh no! But that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, it's Taves, isn't it? Uh, no, Jonathan Taves. Has been captain of the Chicago Blackhawks since 2008-2009. Oh, okay. So Crosby is actually, I believe, second on the list. He is the second longest tenured captain in the NHL. Uh, Getzlaff came in in 2010-2011. Mikko Koivu was 0-9-10. And uh, the other top five guys you missed, uh, Ovechkin, 0-9-10. Oh, I didn't realize it'd been that long. 0910 for Ovechkin. And the other And whoever Vegas's captain is. The other guy you were missing, team captain, since 0607, standing at six feet nine inches. I didn't even know he played there in 0607. Dano Chara. Longest tenured captain in the nation. If you would have asked me when he signed in Boston, I would have said the year after that. I didn't even think he was there yet. I think he signed in the lockout, like yeah, no, maybe. I don't uh, I I don't know if you know this about me. I try not to keep up with too much Zidane Ochara yeah. news. I think if you, if and um, I could be wrong. I'll I'll look it up real quick, but I think if we go back to um like his pre-Bruin days, like I'm pretty sure he was the captain of the Senators you know, like prior to um, I guess Alfredson was still there now that I think about it. But yeah. All right. Well, that that was the uh that was the tiebreaker. You did real great. I I, I thought I was really going to blow you out of the water with most of those but you did you did good good okay. for you man happy for you yeah i'm disappointed but that's oh, fine what are you gonna do? um can't win them all you, know? you can't you can't and uh you know who can't win them all this makes me i'm gonna give you an extra hard quiz next week oh so. shit all right shot myself in the foot there yeah. um speaking of can't win them all um there's only one Stanley cup champion every year Name that person. <laughs> Who's the 492nd player for the Ottawa Senators ever? Yes. They probably even had that, haven't had that many. Tom Pyatt. 
Um, we're going to do... <laughs> because the 405th it's, uh, and the 405th. It's upbeat week here on the podcast. Sure. There's been a lot of discussion. We still about, got stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of discussion about uh, which team, or, or which player, mm. I should say, is the Hart Trophy winner of the league. We're going to give you our picks for uh, the MVP of each team. Everybody's oh, yeah. a winner. Everybody's a winner this week. Yeah. You know, every team, doesn't matter if you're in it, if you're out of it, um, everybody gets a candidate. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that. How do you want to do this? You want to go alphabetically and then uh, we'll just go back and forth? Yeah, I would say that's probably the best way to go here. All right, let's do it. Where do you want to, you want to go first? Uh, you go first. Anaheim Ducks. I, I'm underprepared. Anaheim Ducks. Uh, my MVP for the Anaheim Ducks this season, right winger Ricard Raquel. Uh, okay. He's got 40 points in 63 games. The team has been... Uh, yeah, pretty, we figured uh, we'd hit you with the hard-hitting teams yeah. here, guys. You know, teams that actually have, you know, guys in on the Hart Trophy debate. Yeah. the Because uh, the Ducks are a team you think of when you think of good teams. You know, I was, I was listening back to an old podcast from like three years ago. Not ours, like a different, a different podcast. And uh, them just talking about in November, like who they had picked to go into the conference final. And like one of the guys on the podcast had picked the Ducks. And I was just like, that's, that's fucked to think about that. Like three years ago, we still thought this was like a good team. Not even, it was like two and a half years ago yeah, from that John episode. John Gibson, right? So, well, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ricardo Kell currently third on the team in scoring. Uh, he's missed a few games. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, he's been the bright spot. I'd say he's, he's, he's young enough where I think that they've still got a future with him in Anaheim. Um, and he's producing now, so hopefully he can produce in the future. So, Ricardo Raquel, my Anaheim Ducks MVP. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think their best player this year has been Jacob Silverberg, but I think we're really fucking splitting hairs splitting here. Hairs, like, yeah. you know, we're, we're talking about a team where, um, you know, a lot of these guys have still not really been good enough to cut it on a lot of other teams, and it's kind of unfortunate. I, I know you and I differ significantly on this. I actually kind of like the Ducks. And I'm rooting for them to get out of this hole uh, now that they've gotten rid of some of the players that I don't really care for and some of the coaches that I don't really care for. Um, you know, I'm kind of rooting for this team and hoping for the best. I like Dallas Eakins a lot. So There you go. Okay. Uh, I, I still, all the time, will just, like, default, though, and assume their head coach is Randy Carlisle. And I have to remind myself that he is not there anymore. Like, that's, all that's the time. That's almost a sin. Oh, well, man, like, my brain is just poisoned by the last 15 years of Randy Carlisle. That's fair. You know? Uh, the Arizona Coyotes, my uh, my MVP for them this season is fifth place Vesna finalist last year, Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Um, and that is the right choice. That is the right choice. Say. He was on pace for a better season this year than he was last year. I think they're firmly in a playoff spot if he uh, if he's healthy all season. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's the reason they're not. So, there it is. That's no, I... I, I agree. Like, I don't really think they're an especially, uh, they're especially a very good team. I think Darcy Kemper is kind of the glue that holds them together. Like, honorable mention to Auntie Ranta, but Darcy Kemper has been the better of the two goalies this year. So, um, yeah, I watched uh, Jets, uh, Coyotes last night, and Darcy Kemper is just playing really good hockey right now. So, yep. uh, good for him. I've always kind of liked the dude. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but he's definitely their MVP. All right. Uh, Boston Bruins, uh, it's got to be the soon-to-be 50-goal man for me, uh, David Pasternak. Uh, 94 points on the season. Not too often you see a guy go 50-50 and 50 with uh, goals and assists. Looks like he's going to do it this year. 
Um, I know he plays in the best line in the, in the league, and some people like to knock him for that, but uh, in my mind, uh, David Pasternak is the Bruins' MVP. I I mean, like, it's kind of a bullshit cop-out answer, but my answer's probably Bruce Cassidy. Um, but if we've got to pick a player, uh, yeah, it's, it's Pasternak or Bergeron probably for me. I don't uh, really know if, if Pasternak would be quite as effective if he had not been able to grow with Bergeron as his fucking center for the last, you know, 18 months. Um, cause he was a guy who like William Nylander, when he signed his incredibly cheap contract, everyone was like, wow, that's a huge overpayment. Now he's uh, probably going to get like 55 goals. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I'll give the edge to Pasternak. Right on. There you I, go. I don't really like him at all, but he's definitely been their best player this year. Uh, now we come to the very, very sad, sad, sad Buffalo Sabres. Um, ah! um, for me, this is pretty open and shut. Uh, Jack Eichel. Like, uh, and, oh, I thought you were going to say Curtis Lazar. Yeah, well, he was close, but uh, it's Jack Eichel for me. Uh, he's got a 28-point gap on second on his team you in know, scoring. The problem with the Sabres is just they won't Oof. call up Andrew Hammond yet. And I right. think if they reunite... That see they waited too long. If they reunite that Lazar Hammond sort of sort of you know combination, the lasagna burger. Do you think like is there a good burger joint in Buffalo that would throw burgers onto the ice free of charge for them to just like eat and hang out with? God, when more Hammond, of a wild Hammond, wing, uh, that's what I mean. Like, are they yeah. gonna throw like wings onto the ice? Yeah. That's not that's Curtis Lazar's just eating chicken saucy, off the ice. That's not great. No. Can't do that. Uh, yeah, the answer is Jack Eichel because By Jack country Jack Eichel is still somehow in the Hart Trophy debate despite this team being a flaming pile of hog shit. Yeah. So okay, good for him. There it is, pile of hog shit sabers. Um, yeah, that was that was sugarcoating it. The Calgary Flames. Shout out to our uh, our, our Flames fans that tune in once in a while. Um, my MVP for this team. Uh, it was, this was a tough one. I don't know. This was like the first team that yeah. I got to alphabetically that was like, this is kind of a, a tough choice. I'm going Matty Kachuk. Um, yeah. Leading the team in points. He's having a really good season. Not as good as last year, but he's he's kind of proven that that contract year wasn't a, a fluke. I don't know. You got to give it to somebody. I think that's your guy. Yeah, I mean, like, when I watch them, there's only three forwards that ever seem to stand out for me, and it's Matthew Kachuk, Elias Lindholm, and somehow Andrew Mangiapane. So... Yeah, the answer is Kachuk, easily. He's been the only of their top three forwards that have actually performed this year. There it is. Um, I think when I watched him, Monaghan and Goudreau are an absolute ghost out there. And uh, I feel bad because they use the Flames as our intro this week. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this team fucking sucks. No, I don't know. They're like, I don't know, really know what to make of them. And to be honest with you, I know we just talked about it last week. As time goes on. I'm becoming more and more convinced that they're not going to make the playoffs, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up, this is my first tie. I had a, I had a two-way tie. I, I know that's a cop-out. Grow, grow up. If you need me to pick somebody, I will. But um, I got two names for the Hurricanes, uh, only because one of them has missed half the season. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I know. I get it. Dougie Hamilton would be uh, my choice for MVP for this team uh, had he continued to play and not missed the last half of the year. In saying that, the share of uh, the title goes to James Reimer for myself. Uh, I, I, I think Reim has had a great mm. season. Um, he's got better numbers than Morazic. He probably should be should have been getting a, a few more starts uh, over Morazic. And uh, obviously both of them are kind of hurt. And we're not too sure when they're going to be back. But I don't know. Like you look at his record. He's, he went 14-6-2 up until his injury. Uh, 
914 save percentage. He was really holding those those guys in. As for a, for a team on the bubble, I don't know. Like that's that's what you need out of your backup goaltender if you want to call him that. And uh, I think he's having a great year, especially coming over from Florida after a tough situation. Uh, I'm really impressed. So there it is. That's that's my choice. Yeah, I I kind of echo your sentiments. The Carolina Hurricanes are 11 8 and three since losing Dougie Hamilton. And uh, their goal differential is plus one, which before that, um, they were much better. And so my answer probably is also Dougie Hamilton, but understanding that, you know, he's probably going to miss some more time. And the fact that Sebastian Ajo is somehow the quietest 38 goal scorer in the NHL, didn't know he was anywhere close to that till the other day, actually, so... Well, um, come on, quietest. If you ask any Leaf fan, Willie Newlander stuck at twelve. So, <laughs> well, it depends what Leaf fan you're asking. Yeah, if you're asking true. one of the ones that's got like a fucking you know skull and crossbones in his Twitter profile and his nick his name on Twitter is like bad guy sixty nine four twenty, then yeah, he definitely hates William Nylander. But yeah, I don't know. I I I, I think. It's Aho or, or Hamilton, but I think there is still a case to be made for Hamilton. And, and saying that because he got hurt on January 16th is kind of nuts. So True. Yeah, good for a guy that I was ripping on this podcast less than a year ago. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the newly appointed 1,000-point club member, Patty Kane. Uh, 82 points this year uh, on a bad Blackhawks team. Um, miles ahead of Jonathan Tays for second on the team. Uh, again, another 30-goal guy that just kind of keeps plugging along, putting up good numbers every year. And um, let's be honest, who else am I going to take from this team? Because they traded away their only other option, Robin Leonard. Yeah, if it wasn't for their somewhat decent goaltending this year, um, I think Patrick Kane is, like, is one of the rare exceptions where um, a team is outside the playoffs and I would probably vote for one of their players to be because he is I I struggle to find a, a reason why this team is even in the fucking race and uh, or well they're not anymore but they were uh, Patrick Kane is the option for me for sure it's my second season of owning him in fantasy and I will tell you there will be a third Ooh, so there it is mm-hmm. uh, Colorado Avalanche I think this is a pretty open and shut we can I hopefully uh, agree on this one Nathan McKinnon <laughs> Stealing the show in uh, <laughs> oh boy in Denver, he's going to hit 100 points this year. He might get to 40 goals as well, uh, having an absolute stellar season. And uh, you know, no offense to Kale McCarr, but uh, really the only reason that the Avalanche are uh, where they are. So yeah, it's McKinnon. Give me, give me a break. All right, that was that was easy. I like that. We're moving along, moving along to the East Side, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. This I don't, I don't know if we're going to agree on this one, but uh, I'm going with the rookie. Elvis Merzlikens, uh team no, MVP. You, you, you can ring it up a sweep on that one. Ooh, it's it's, it's Elvis it Merzlikens with honorable mention to Zach Wierenski. But Wierenski, where's he? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's having a good season. He's, he's got 20 goals. 20 goals. <laughs> Wierenski uh, has, uh, again, another take that maybe... Well, I don't know I don't know if it was a take I had, but I was always kind of worried about Wierenski developing into a two-way uh, defenseman. And, oh, oh, oh yeah. Give me that guy on my team every fucking day of the week. Let's go. I like Zach Wrensky a lot. think he's great. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's Elvis. Like, the fact that they were getting good enough goaltending to stick around, and then they had to put Elvis in, and he just went on a ridiculous run. Again, a player I own in fantasy, too, so I'm a little biased. But, yeah, I think he's been great, and he's my pick as well. Right on. 
the Dallas Stars. This is an interesting one, I think. Dallas Stars. Because uh, it's like, it's like, it's like it's Bishop, but like, is it Bishop because Bishop's only Bishop because of A, the system, B, the team in front of him, and most importantly, C, Anton Hudobin. Because if he doesn't have Hudobin, if he doesn't have a guy to be like that, then you end up with a goalie who's in the net every single night, and therefore probably isn't as good as he's been. So, I, I don't know. But I, I, for, for me, like I'm still going Bishop. It's just like, um, I, I have put it this way. I have way more confidence in the Dallas Stars with Bishop and net than if he were to get down hurt and Hudobin gets the majority of the games because of like the strength of schedule that Hudobin's had to face has been you know, significantly weaker and shit like that. So, I'm going Bishop. It's Bishop. Yeah. That's it. Oh, okay. There's one choice. It's Ben Bishop. Uh, the Oilers? Should we... <laughs> Should uh, we even well, bother? You, you did skip a team. No, that's what I mean. Should we even bother? Oh. With uh, that team? I'm going to. Okay. I think... Just only because I think this guy deserves some credit because he's... He's, I think, having a quietly good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Mantha. Yeah. No. Well, no. That is, that is the answer. And... Um, Part of me believes that if he has played 71 games that the Red Wings have more than negative 5 wins, but... Um, 12 goals in his last 13 games since coming back from injury, so... Yeah, no, he's he's really fucking good. Yeah. Um, I will give a little bit of credit to Jonathan Bernier, which is not something I've been known to do. Uh, he has f- fucking NHL numbers on a team that's not an NHL team, so good for him. But yeah, it's Mantha. Alright, well, you just gave props to Bernie, so I can only assume you're dying of coronavirus. That is it for the Laced Up podcast. We will not oh, be no, back you, next Oh, no, you mentioned week. I'm drunk. Yeah, right. Drunk. We'll go with that. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> so, Whoa! So, Leon. Kings of Leon? It's, a, it's the Kings of Leon, right? He's had the better year. Yeah. Not I'm, not, I'm not saying he's a better player, but I, I'm saying... I'm saying that they seem to struggle more if he's having an off night than if McDavid's not playing. Right. Yeah. And that that's wild to me. There, there's um, there's some numbers that definitely work against him. Like his his defensive play is dog shit. But no, but but that's the thing. Like the Oilers are like kind of the anomaly. I think with advanced stats this year, where it's like. They're not. They're not a good possession team, and they're not like they're not doing a lot of good things. And like, the reason being is because they they play these combination of these two guys for like forty eight minutes a night, and these guys are fucking gassed. And like, I don't care what anyone says. You can't play at the level that they play at, the speed they play at, for twenty three minutes a night for eighty two games a year, and not lose your steam. You can't. You just can't. It doesn't matter how much of a freak you are. You can't do it. And therefore, they, like, McDavid, yeah, McDavid's got negative possession numbers. He can't fucking do everything out there. He can't. And he's not great defensively, so when he loses the puck, which is happening a bit more this year than most years, but it's fine, it's not a big deal. You know, they, they're, they're going to struggle. Again, this is a team that, I, I don't think I'm wrong in my assessment of this team from, from earlier, but, you know, they might make the playoffs now. But they fucking suck. Like, this is not a team that I'm... I I think, come playoffs, if I'm Vegas, especially, this this is a four or five game series type team. 
you can make them look real silly really quick if you have the right approach and nail it. But, if not, eh, McDavid might skate circles around you. Dreisaitl might skate circles around you. It's Dreisaitl. Yeah, that is the answer, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, all of what you said I agree with. So. Okay. Uh, the Florida Panthers. I, I think I, I got a hot take on this one, I think. Curious to see. I, I'll let you go first because I'm, I'm, I'm real curious to mm. see uh, Nobody. where you come down on the, on the Panthers. Um... Yeah, like like I don't know, like like I've I knock his game. I I do think it's probably Barkov, but I there's something to be said about how good Huberdeau's been this year. I will mention this is, and you know it's only eleven starts, but they aren't where they are without Chris Dreger, and you know like like there is something to be said for that. I'm still gonna go Barkov just because of the length of work that he's put in over the year and you know everyone wanted to talk about how good of a defensive center he is and now he's actually like to the point where I would consider him an okay center still don't think he's as good as people make him out to be but okay right uh yeah no he's been he's been pretty good this year I'm gonna go bark off honorable mention to Hubert Owen Dreger uh Chris Dreger is my answer um yeah that's 938, I, I, you're right, 11 games, but 938 save percentage, that is absolutely wild. Well, it's one of those things, like, and it's, it's like, crazy to think about this, but, like, just in hindsight, because this is the most comparable fucking reaction I've got, like, you know, if, if, if Hammond does what he does for a few more games, like, does he get, how serious conversation does he get for the heart? Yeah. And if the Leafs had to put JSO Ben in, like, five, six games earlier in 05, 06, and make the playoffs, like, does, how far into the heart conversation does he get? Right. Like, at some point, you need to be winning these games, and, and that's where I go back to with Dallas, right, is, is Anton Hudobin, like, the Stars are not a cup contender if they don't have those two goalies to rely on at this point, point. and it's part of the reason why I believe once they get to the playoffs, they kind of concern me a little bit, is because, you know, they're picking up points in games where other teams don't, which is great, but in a seven-game series... Anton Hudobin ain't fucking bailing you out if Bishop wasn't... You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's only going to go so far. You're not looking at back-to-backs in the playoffs. You're looking about who's the better team in, in a seven-game series. And to get those key games out of Dreger, it helps them now how good he would be if they make the playoffs and what they would do, you know, if, if the rug gets pulled out from under him, I, I don't know what to say. But, um, yeah, I, I understand the case. But those... 11 starts have been very key for them. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, Los, <laughs> Los Angeles Kings. Um, not not as not as shitty of a conversation as it would have been a few weeks ago. This is a team that's really hot right now. They're playing great hockey. And I, I don't know. Like, again, I'll still watch them from time to time. They're, they're, are, they're not horrible. Yeah, six-game winning streak. Uh, they are now one point of climbing out of the basement in the West. So, you know, kudos to them, I guess. But uh, for what I hope isn't the last time, I'm going to go on Jake Kopitar. Mm. I, I would say that he is one of the only players on that team, of their core, that really isn't slipping. Um, you know, you can make the case the last few years about quick. And Doughty, for sure, seems to have lost a bit of a step. He's not horrible, but he's not Drew Doughty anymore. 
and whether or not he finds his game again, he might. Like, it's not like he's... It's not like with Carlson, where Carlson's had major injury after major injury, and it's like, fuck, like, maybe he's just, you know, his body's cooked. Maybe Doughty's body's cooked? I don't know. He's been relatively healthy through his career, though. He might just be kind of taking a step back for now, and maybe he finds his game again. A lot of good defensemen have stepped in and out of the limelight. It might happen. Um, I I get the Kopitar argument. I definitely don't hate it. I'm actually probably going to go Jonathan Quick on this one. Um, but definite, definite honorable mention to Kopitar too. I think they've both been really good this year, which is really funny when you hear the Kings have been not very good this year and you think, well, you know, maybe Kopitar and Quick and those guys can't do it anymore. No, Quick's been actually quite solid, uh, has played what feels like every single game since Jack Campbell got traded, but, probably. um, Uh I, I think he's only played three of the last six on the, on the win streak, but yeah, no, he's, he's been great. Uh, Minnesota Wild, Kevin Fiala. Yeah. Kind of just dragging this team to the playoffs on his on his own power. Uh, I guess I'll give a, a shout-out to Staloc, who I don't think any of us saw having this type of season. Um, but I would just... I, edge goes to Fiala for me. Yeah, I know. It's it's Kevin Fiala. What, what he's managed to do, and the Wild are playing good hockey, like better hockey over the last month or so, I, I don't really think is any coincidence. It is... A little funny to me that most of his success has come since Bruce Boudreaux has been fired, which I I think is a coincidence. Um, and again, I've said many times before, I'm not a Bruce Boudreaux fan, but I'm I'm not really reading into that being um, super relative to each other. But yeah, a lot of guys on this team have not been very good. A lot of their key players have you know just kind of been quiet, and um, they've played well as a team. But no one's really breaks out on a night-to-night. They're kind of doing it by committee. Other than Kevin Fiala is on a stretch that really reminds me of when Mark Stone broke out. And it was just like every night you watch the fucking highlights, Kevin Fiala scored. And it's just, it reminds me of a player like that just breaking out, coming out of their shell. I'm happy for him. Um, I can't say that it's completely unexpected because... He was a very highly touted prospect, and then he broke his leg, and then he wasn't good all of a sudden. Everyone's like, what's the problem with Kevin Fiala? And it's like, well... Like, I, I was one of the only people who didn't hate the Fiala for Granlin trade. Like, I, I... I never really thought Granlin was all that good either. So, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, I, I was concerned about Fiala, but I didn't really love Granlin, and I didn't think it was a big trade, and everyone's like, wow, it's crazy. And I'm like, no, it's not. It might not be consequential. And now... Uh, we're seeing that somehow the Wild won that trade that everyone thought they most certainly lost. So, yeah. good for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Brennan Gallagher, for me, still somehow leads the team in shots despite missing 12 games. Really terrible shooting percentage, which I don't think he would normally sustain over a full season, kind of dragging him down a little bit. And I like his game overall. I don't know. Uh, Guy deserves some credit. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Cool. Uh, Thomas Tatar. Sure. Yeah. Not a, not a bad answer. Yeah. 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 Their their offense is horrend horrendi without him. Horrendi. Horrendi. Uh, the Nashville Predators. Uh, I got the uh, can't miss Swiss uh, Roman Yossi. Sixty three points in mm. sixty eight games. That's pretty wild. I did not realize he was having that kind of season mm. until we looked it up. Uh, they played tonight. He is sixty-five and sixty-nine now. So. That's wild. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's just, it's even more wild that you don't have, like, an up-to-the-minute fucking stat on them for some reason. Yeah. What site are you using? Hockey um, Oh, okay. Well, maybe they take their time. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no. Roman Yossi, for sure. Like, easily. I, 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 he, I don't know. He's up there for my Norris pick, too, honestly. I think he's been great this year, so. Shout out to UC uh, Saros for pr- fulfilling my prediction of him taking over the uh, starter job by uh, mm. this Yeah, uh, you time. and everyone else's. Um, the New Jersey Devils. The Devils. Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, shout out Thunder yeah. Bay for sure. <laughs> it's Blackwood. it's far and away fucking Mackenzie Open Blackwood. and shut. I, I, uh, and, and like, if you were looking for a hot take, I will give you one here. Because I don't think Mackenzie Blackwood for being their MVP is a hot take. But uh, might be a hot take to some people. Mac Blackwood, my favorite for the Calder right now. And not particularly close either. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he's my Calder vote far and away. Uh, he's been fantastic the second half of this year. We were talking months ago about how this was unfair to him. And now this is a team that's been above 500 in their last, I think, 20, 25 games. And largely in part to them winning a lot of games like 3-2, 2-1. They can't do that without solid goaltending. And um, Blackwood's given them that because he doesn't have much to work with in front of him. And he's been great. Mm. So, yeah, kudos to to, to Mac Blackwood. Um, I look forward to him buying shoes off of me this summer. Nice. Try to get him on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll mention it. Yeah. Uh, the New York Islanders, whoever the goalie coach is, I don't know that guy's name. Uh, Mitch uh, Korn yeah. is the name you're looking that for. Okay. Uh, Semyon Varlamov for me. Yeah. 9-15, 2-59. Pretty much just doing what Robin Leonard did last year, but it's a product of the system, I think. And I don't feel like rewarding anybody else in this team. So, there it is. You know me, I like to play along. I wouldn't have this podcast if I didn't like to entertain certain thoughts on this. Uh, I refuse to entertain a player on that team. It's Barry Trotz. Okay. Wow. Fair enough. Uh, the New York Rangers. <laughs> uh, Whoa! Okay. I mean, like... like The pocket rocket? Uh, R.I.P. L- like, the thing rocket. is, is Panarin is still... Spoiler alert, because we're going to get there, and it's going to be toward the end of this activity. Um... Panarin is my 1B heart choice. So, naturally, he has to be my MVP choice for the Rangers. Honorable mention does go to the to the Swedish freak, Mikina, M- M- Mika Zibanejad. Has been great this oh, yeah. year. And, Hands down. Um, yeah, I, I was always a very big Derek Broussard fan. Um, and I thought he deserved more credit than he got, but even I was like, when they made that trade, I was like, come on, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, yeah, no, they, they've honestly been a, a good team this year, but my, my vote goes to, uh, Panarin. Okay. Same. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Ottawa <laughs> Senators. The Breadman. Uh, not Neil Little. Jim. Thomas Shabbat for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah? Yep. I like this. We don't agree a lot. This is nice. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, honorable mention to Brady Kachuk, who's been, wow, <laughs> great this year, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's Shabbat to me. Shabbat Shalom, or mm, something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, this will be an interesting one, I think. There's Flyers? many picks. Philadelphia Flyers? Many picks. This uh, is a deep, I like this team. I'm really into this oh, version of the Flyers. Uh, I like all these guys. Okay. I'm really happy about it. I even like Elaine Vigneault. Like, I like That's this. Fair. I'm, I'm having fair. a great time with this Flyer team. Uh, Goss's Bear sucks, but everyone else is good. Sean Couturier for me. 
Yeah, and that's a fair pick. Okay, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm probably going to go Carter Hart, but I think Couturier would be the the common pick. Didn't didn't consider Carter. Not, not nothing against him. Just didn't scroll down. Oh yeah, no. Stats. Like I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a team only doing it because of their goaltending. I don't think they'd be winning at the level they are with almost anyone else in net. I, I think Carter Hart's been fantastic for them, and um, like our next team, they they wouldn't be where they are if it weren't for a great performance from a good young goaltender. Heart for heart, you might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> The Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, you've already ruined the surprise. It's Tristan Jari. Yeah. It's, it's Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari, honorable mention of Evgeny Malkin, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have much elaborating to do. Like, like if Jari doesn't do what he did, then it doesn't matter how fucking good they play in front of any goaltender. They wouldn't have won any games. So, um, Jari making the saves gives them the confidence to open up their game again and play more like the Penguins. They made a lot of adjustments. I mean, again... I think Mike Sullivan should win the coach of the year, but... That's how she goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a hilarious answer on my part. Uh, the San Jose Sharks. Barkley Goodrill. <laughs> that team needed a first-round pick like there's no tomorrow, and he got the one. So for that, Barkley Goodrill, you are the MVP of the San Jose Sharks yeah. this season. Uh, I don't know. This this is a one people debate me on it, and we don't need to have it because we're doing a rapid-fire pick here. I... I think Eric Carlson's been relatively good, but, um, yeah. It's been fine. I'll, I'll go yeah. Eric Carlson. Yeah, like, he hasn't been Eric Carlson, but he's been the player... People talk about him like he's dead, so, yeah. There's a player, like, he's the player that's been closest to what he should be to me, you know? Yeah. Everyone's been not even close to what they're supposed to be this year. And right. Couture, kind of unfair to allow, to evaluate him, because he's just been in and out with injuries all year, but, um, yeah, I don't know. The St. Louis Blues, uh, going with the thirty thirteen and seven Jordan Binnington. Mm. Guys having a bit of a monster season, given uh, everybody telling me that he was going to come back to Earth this year. So, yeah, stay off Twitter, but Benny. Yeah, I mean he he has technically speaking regressed a little bit, but I mean it's nothing concerning. <laughs> if that's regression, fine. yeah, that's, that's he's still fine. fine. Yeah. And, and relatively speaking to most goalies this year, his numbers are, are pretty decent. But um I, I'm going Ryan O'Reilly. I don't I don't think that their goaltending has much to do with uh, how successful they are. It's funny, like they needed a goalie to be successful and now I look at them as a team that doesn't really need that goaltending to be success I don't know, it's weird, but yeah, I'm going O'Reilly. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everyone. Uh, well, there's a lot of options anyway. This might be the deepest deepest uh, MVP choice for uh, for teams. Uh, myself, I'm going Steven Stamkos. Sixty six points. In yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going I'm going Kucherov, but I I think Stamkos is definitely a great choice too. I'm really nervous to see this team if if he's not back in time for the first round. That's that's basically what I come down on it for me. Um, um, it's yeah. not so much that for me, but the combination of because tonight Victor Hedman didn't play that that is if you're missing both, yikes! True, yeah. true. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm gonna assume it's the 80 point man Austin Matthews uh, for yourself because it is for me. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's not really a conversation there either. 47 goals uh, after tonight. Um, who's next here? Vancouver, the Vancouver Canuckleheads. Um, Jacob Markstrom. 
yeah, there's not really a conversation there for me either. This is, so this is great. We're yeah, I know it's this. it's. I mean, I'll give a little bit of love to Quinn Hughes, a little bit of love to Elias Pettersson, but I it's JT Miller is yeah, no, for sure. But it's that's it's wild. Yeah, it's it's Markstrom for sure yeah. to me. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, Mark Stone. Um, yeah, no, it's it's Mark Stone. I'm I'm really impressed and happy for Max Pacioretty how much he's bounced back this year and I do think William Carlson does a lot for this team that kind of goes unnoticed just because of how you know he broke onto the scene and everyone thought he was this goal scoring wonder and yeah yeah, I mean he scored 43 goals that year don't get me wrong he fucking you know but he's a very good defensive center I think he does a lot for them and between you know William Carlson and Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, who are two of the only wingers I can think of that have been in the Selkie conversation in, in, in the last 10, 15 years. Um, you know, like, they, they do great things as a team, but it, it's Mark Stone to me, for sure. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Washington Capitals. Yeah. Uh, the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game, yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. 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 Hands down. Yeah. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck. Would be my heart trophy vote as of right now as well. Um, I love the dude. I'm really happy. I I, I love him. I, I, he's probably at this point my favorite goalie in the league, which is easy to say when he's the only one stopping shots like every night. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's great. I watched their game last night. I will say this. Every single time I watch Blake Wheeler play hockey, I cannot fucking believe some of the plays that he's able to make. He, he is... Just an astonishingly good playmaker. Um, he reminds me of Crosby, how he can just get people to move and open up space the way that he wants. And it, it's incredible to watch, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll give this team a lot of credit. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they've done a really good job, and I think the Neil Pionk uh, acquisition got unnecessarily criticized, for which I'm... I, I that is one take we've talked about takes I've been very wrong on tonight. That was one I'm very right on. So mm. uh, yeah, I think they've been great, but Connor Hellebuck is the only reason that they're they are where they are right now. There you go. So uh, do you have a quick top five for your NHL hearts uh, ballot? Um, I would have to think about it. Yeah. Hellebuck, Panarin, McKinnon in that order, and then after that, it's it's a lot of debating. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Probably Dreisaitl. And, I don't know. <laughs> Pick a fifth from a playoff team. Fiala. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't, well, right. it's the first team that came to mind. I don't know. Okay. Uh, those four, for sure, though. Like, yeah. Okay. In that order. Hellebuck, Panarin, McKinnon, Dreisaitl. You? Uh, Hellebuck, one. McKinnon, two. Eichel, three. Dreisaitl, four. Panarin, five. Okay. Cool. That's cool that Eichel's still in there for you. I like that. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he deserves the world. Eichel. Yeah, remember... Save that boy. Remember a year ago when you hated him and then you got him on your fantasy team and you're like, you know, he does a lot of good things. Oh, this is this is a product of the <laughs> you, Sabres. You found yourself watching Buffalo Sabres games and you're like, oh, this is a nice young man. <sighs> All right. Uh, time for the happy trip down memory lane as we conclude uh, the episode this week with some... Uh, Top 10. Some great... Hot 
hockey moments Top in, in our in our lives. Yeah, I don't know. We just happy thought happy times. Just just the funniest those happy days. The funniest yeah, things yeah. that happened to us while we were playing or coaching hockey or yeah. like at a at a game anything. I don't I can't really remember anything specifically from like going to a hockey game as a fan that really stands out as like pure hilarity to me. Um yeah, I don't know. NHL games, I, I generally don't associate with too many people, other than who I'm sitting directly beside. The only one, I'll give, I guess, I'll give one honorable mention. I'm at a, I'm at an NHL game years ago with my buddy, and we were sitting in the lower bowl in Toronto, which is notoriously like you know, Richie Rich and you know, hoity toity, and uh, we were yelling at Braden Holtby the entire night, and everyone around us was like giving us the fucking snarl and the you know. And the guy beside us, who I, at one point I asked him, uh, "Which so what bank do you work for?" Like I just you know, and he's and <laughs> like he, a jackass, and, and he's like, "I'll give you one guess," and I'm like, "RBC," and it actually was RBC, and uh, yeah, so we were yelling, and he but he thought we were unreal, like him and his buddy, he was laughing, and he's having a couple beers and stuff, so he was having fun with it. He thought we were great, um, but that was kind of funny, like just it was just like. It was just like we were ruining people's night, probably just nonstop. Braden and this guy thought we were mint. There you go. But, yeah. Right on. Other than that, nothing really stands out as a fan. But okay, okay. Yeah. There you go. What would be one for you? All right, uh, I'll start with my uh, my fifth choice, um, and that would be. Are oh, you going to put them in order? Yeah, Mine are well, not in order. Not really in order, but this is probably the least interesting overall. Um, <laughs> My <laughs> way to um, way to really fucking lean into it. Yeah, my uh, my last year at Bantam, uh, I ha- I was on the second place team in the season, and we went in playing the seventh seed in the uh, opening round, um, a team that we had not lost to all season. Quickly found ourselves down two games to zero. We're losing in the third game. We we would lose. We got swept by this team in the first round. Uh, weirdly enough, the following weekend we beat them in a tournament, like just crushed them. It was like nine one, and we were all like we won. And, like, we got to go to the finals of this tournament, but we were pissed because we are like, why couldn't we do this so we could go in the playoffs? And it was rattling. But going into that final third period of the elimination game, I'll never forget uh, our captain, Jeremy Drindak. Um, the coach turns the room over to him, and he rises to his feet. And in, in this moment of, like, uplifting motivation about how to save the season, uh, all he could muster was, boys... We've got potential. Yeah, that's great, man. This is the last period of the season. We don't need potential. We need something a little more yeah. concrete than potential. Yeah. No one cares about And that's all week. he said? Like, yeah, the, he didn't elaborate it. on it? Nope. He just sat we have back potential. down? And then that was it. And I'm pretty sure that cost us the season. <laughs> this, was, this was the big, like, great moments are born from great opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come up with a line. Like, super respected, <laughs> loved guy in the room. Like, yeah. he's, he was always, like, quick with a comment every, every oh, time. Oh, that's fucked. And then when it mattered most, we have potential. That's fucked. Yeah. Actually, this isn't on my list, but I do remember, uh, uh, I will not name him, but a kid I coached one time uh, when, we, when we were a really winning team and we started losing some games and giving a big speech about hubris and the whole room just kind of looking around like, what the fuck is he talking about? All these kids are in like grade ten. They don't want to hear about hubris. They don't like. They heard it once in English class. I don't remember what it means. Um, my, I guess my first choice. Uh, these are in no particular order for me. But my first choice. Uh, I'm trying not to name names too much on this because I don't want to bring. I'm going to bring 
people who I'm friends with into it, but this is not someone who I would consider a friend. Um, we were going to Sault Ste. Marie one year, and I will mention some people by name because they are friends. Uh, our manager at the time, Steve Jewett, apparently friend of the podcast, uh, we're getting on the bus, and, and I mentioned, you know, where's, where's I'm going to call him Mark. But his name's not Mark, but where's Mark? And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, uh, Sherry? So I'm climbing a tree. The bus is in the parking lot of the Landmark Hotel, which for those of you who live in Thunder Bay is like a really dingy hotel, but it's a big parking lot, so we use our parking lot. And, uh, he's, there's like a wooded area out there, and we look, and he's just fucking climbing a birch tree at, 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 at 6.45 in the morning on a fucking January morning. The heart of winter. The coldest it gets on fucking planet Earth. And he's up there climbing trees, so we're like, well, this is going to be interesting. So we're on the bus ride, don't hear too much from him. We're kind of talking, everyone's midway through the bus, and all you hear is just this fucking harmonica. And we turn, and he, for some reason he's sitting with the players, playing a fucking harmonica. We're like, Mark, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is that when we're asking the kid, and he's just like shrugging, he's like, I don't know, it's just my dad, right? That's Mark. And so... Whatever, no big deal. We get to Wawa, which is home of Airedale, of course. Uh, we decided, you know what, we're at the home stretch. Sault Ste. Marie's like, you know, 90 minutes, two hours away. Let's go grab a coffee, Tim Hortons, quick 10-minute stop. Well, obviously, when you're on a bus of 40 people, it's not a quick 10-minute stop. It's like a 40-minute stop. But we're, we're waiting in line, and all we see is Mark cut to the fucking front of the line, hop behind the counter of this Tim Hortons, unplug their espresso machine, Plug in his iPhone and go to the washroom. What? <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> so we go to Sault Ste. Marie. This isn't done. Like this, 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 uh, this is this is the first five hours I've ever met this fucking guy in my life. We go to Sault Ste. Marie. Whatever the the weekend it happens, we we don't do very well. And on the Saturday night, we're coming back after the, the game of the bus driver, which I, I didn't like this. As the head coach, I'd rather him just ask me. But he kind of turns around and he's like, so when are we leaving? And everyone's like, well, I don't know. When should we leave? And I'm like, fuck it. Don't give the parents the option. I'll pick when we leave. It's my fucking trip. <laughs> well, I'll figure it out. And Mark stands up, doesn't miss a beat. Okay, so we all want to be home early, right? So 8, 8.30 works? Okay, 8.30, we're leaving. Everybody good with that? And he like keeps yelling at the front of the bus. And I'm just like, all of us are just looking at each other like, what? And he's like, yeah, all right, 8.30, sounds good. He gets off the bus. I shit you not, even the bus driver caught it. Shuts the door behind the guy. And we all just looked at each other and we're like, well, that was fucked. And I looked up at everyone and I'm like, I don't know, we'll leave at 9. Fuck that guy. Like, just let's pick a different time. 8, 9, I don't care. Not 8.30. Anytime but 8.30. And we left at 9. Fuck him. I remember that uh, that trip. Yeah, good old uh, Marco. I, I will also add uh, on our way back to Thunder Bay on that uh, that bus ride, stopping in Terrace Bay at the subway. Uh, I had to do the head count uh, back on the bus. Oh, we were one guy short. Yeah, because I'm I'm done by this point. And, like, and and Mark is in the next like farm field over, just walking. Oh fuck! <laughs> like you, you you as as if you've never had to count heads on a bus for an out of town trip involving children. When you're one short, a panic ensues. Who did we leave eight hours behind us? You know, there, there's a sense of dread that overtakes you. 
um, and to find out that this idiot was just walking through the farm fields um, by himself. There was probably yeah. a lot of hiking opportunity while we were in Sault Ste. Marie, but True. he didn't take advantage of any of that. True. So Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, my second one on my list um, comes from behind the bench. We were coaching a game. Um, you were there. You'll remember this one. I don't recall the implications. I know that our starting goaltender was missing. Uh, we had a call-up come out uh, and play for us. And after returning to the bench uh, following the second intermission, uh, this uh, player, we'll call, oh, him, fuck. we'll call him Todd. Oh, my God. He skates to the bench to tell us that he needs to use the restroom. And we said, well, like, you know, like, it's the middle of the third period. Could you maybe just, like, we just hold went, on? We just went during a flood. Yeah. We were in the we room. We were in the room for, for a while. Like, everyone, like, I'm, I'm assuming most people listen to this podcast played hockey before. Like, at least ten minutes. More than that. Like, yeah. an, an intermission's at least ten minutes. Yeah. So he goes back to his crease, and a few minutes go by, another Wesley comes over. He's like, yeah, coach, I, I'm going to shit my pants. Um, so we had to play for... I don't know, a good four or five minutes. I, I would say, yeah, six or seven of yeah. a third period of what... I don't think it was a... T- like, I think we were winning. Yeah. But it was not... Like, when we were winning, like, 8-1, it was, like, 4-2, no, yeah, maybe. something like that. Like, a really hard-earned 30 minutes up to that point. I had to play with six guys in the ice, and... I don't think we lost, but... They uh, didn't score. They didn't score? They didn't even okay. score a goal. That's how good we were. The weirdest or whatever. thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I I still laugh about it. I can't believe, considering that at the time Todd was an affiliate goalie, that Todd ended up being our real goalie a few years <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, that's true. I, I picked Todd at a draft one time after this had happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, my next one is going to be, and it's it's, it's not because he's a listener of the podcast, but I, I, I do have to shout this out because in terms of a comment... This is one of my favorite human interactions I've ever heard. I'm just going to set it up like this. There was another coach. We're going to call him Paul. We're playing in this tournament. Paul's team fucking sucked. And our team was really good. And in the tournament, we were not as good. And his team didn't suck as much. But they were kind of, you know, pretty much done. And we were, like, in decent shape, but we needed them to lose their game. And we're walking back from the Niebing Roadhouse, and we're going to the tournament center. And I'm sure that everyone has been to the Niebing Roadhouse, if you're listening to it, but it's a, it's across a highway, okay? So it's not an easy walk. We walk across the fucking highway, and he's about to walk back the other way. He's going to go to the Niebing Roadhouse. And, uh, I will say my assistant coach at the time who goes by the fine name of David Ingram was walking and he goes, Hey, what was the name I picked? Paul, what, uh, what, what's going on? How are you guys doing? And he's like, ah, you know, he gives the whole fucking story about how the weekend's going. And, um, he, he said, and you know, the last one was a tough one. And Ingram goes, well, did you win? And Paul's like, we never win. And Ingram looks at him dead in the face while there's fucking cars driving 110 miles an hour, like 20 feet from us. Well, as long as you don't win tonight! And he turns away and he starts walking away. And even I, who I didn't fucking like Paul, like kind of looked at Ingram and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Like, 
as coaches, you try to wish everyone good luck all the time. Try to, you know what I mean? It's good karma for your team. And he looks at him and he, as long as you don't win tonight. And I think we went back over and we lost our game. <laughs> and I'm sure it was because of that comment. Yeah. Um, big shout out to Dave Bickham on that one. Yeah, I, th- I think we even, we even mentioned one. it in yeah. the pregame speech because we knew, all of our kids knew that we didn't get along with Paul and therefore we hated his team and they were like a rival of us. And uh, yeah, Ingram, like, just we had to like tell the team because, and they are just all dying. Like, they're like, and like, even like 14 year olds are looking at Ingram, they're like, why would you say that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my third one. Um, we used to, uh, we, you and I, we both used to coach for um, a guy. I'll, I'll call him Bob. Uh, and Bob used to get real hairy and frantic on the bench when things got exciting. Oh, this is fun uh, that we're using like uh, like pseudonyms for these people. It's because like sometimes I have no idea who you're even. You're like Bob. I'm like, who the fuck is Bob? I know Bob. Yeah, Bob's a good guy. Uh, and he, he he always full of energy and really loud and personable. But whenever things got a little crazy, you know, like there'd be a couple of quick whistles, and all of a sudden he's he's got to make a split decision. He wasn't he wasn't great on his toes. And uh, pretty sure this was a first round playoff game, and we'd just taken a penalty. And uh, Bob was he's kind of freaking out. He's got one coach saying, Who do you want on defense? He got another coach saying, Who do you want on forward? And he's kind of freaking out and like, Ah, you know, we got to win this game kind of thing. And he, he instinctively yells out, um, How do I want to, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, he says, uh, Alan Thompson, get out there. Except the problem was is that Alan Thompson was one player, and the whole bench was like, Ah. Uh, Bob, <laughs> you're going to need a second forward. And before uh, Bob had time to pick a second forward, uh, Alan Thompson was on the ice skating away from us going, don't need one, one man wrecking crew. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> don't remember if we oh won the game, God. lost the game. Do, yeah, doesn't matter. That, I don't even remember what rank that is. I'll, I'll just never forget that comment. That was great. One man wrecking crew. Alan Thompson. Um... Fuck, there's just, there's just so many. I, I, I have to mention this, just because it's an incredible visual. I, I'm going to say it was the same year as my previous story about Paul and the, as long as you don't win tonight. David Ingram's coaching with us at the time. It's you, me, uh, David Ingram, and I want to say former guest of the podcast, John Chozik on the bench this night, of this story. It's at Port Arthur Arena. It doesn't even matter where where this is going. And so we we're on the nine o'clock game, which means that there was a seven thirty game before us, which means that instead of them flooding and us going on to an, an empty sheet of ice, we're going on to a slightly used fifteen minutes of hockey ice. And we come out, and as I mentioned before, and this was earlier in the year when we were really, really rolling. We're really fucking good. And, like, we just came out, and then that first period, we fucking destroyed this other team. Like, it was, it was 5 nothing after one period. And we go into the, we go into the locker room, and, like, I look at everyone, and I'm just like, does anyone know any jokes? And, like, we all just, like, tell jokes, and we're just having fun, and we're like, you know, like, this is good. And about 90 seconds before I get that sense, we gotta go back on. I said, okay, boys, like, we, we gotta go, like, you know, uh, we, we had a good intermission here, we had a lot of fun. You guys got to remember, in that other room, they're over there. They're they're getting focused, 
and and they're not coming back out here to lose. They got 30 minutes. They're coming back out. They're fucking coming hard. And and you guys got to be ready. So don't let your guard down. Like we got to be ready to go. So we go. <laughs> we go back over to the bench. <laughs> And we get ready, we send our, our players to the center ice, and the ref skates to the dot to drop the puck. <laughs> and I look over at Paul on the other bench, because he's coaching the other team, and he's standing there, wrist fucking deep in a bag of popcorn. <laughs> his son's coaching, he's on the bench, he's looking at his phone. Period starts, I look over at Paul, he's just standing there eating popcorn, leans down, grabs a water bottle, has a drink. (laughs) I look at our boys, and I'm like, you remember what I said at the end of the intermission there? And they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And we won like 9-2 or something, it was just a fucking shit show. I, I couldn't believe... That he was so defeated with that team that at 9.45 at night, he's like, fuck it, I'll just have a bag of popcorn and we'll just say fuck it. He was just checked out. It, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, total respect to him, honestly. He's a guy I, I don't still don't really respect, but uh, fucking good on him on that one. Mm. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, my fourth one, um, going back to that last year at Bantam, this was earlier in the season. <clears throat> we uh, like like you said, a lot of a lot of guys uh, that listen to this or, or or the ladies, they've played hockey, uh, and and you know the season starts. You know you might know a couple guys, but it, it's pretty it's pretty new. It's pretty a lot of the guys are shy. They don't want to you know say too much too soon in the room, and um, you don't necessarily know everybody's name yet. You don't maybe know all the coaches' names yet. And uh, I remember sitting in the room. And uh, we just finished, um, I think it was a practice, but we'd lost the game before, so the coaches were pretty, you know, ticked off at us. And, and uh, it was a hard practice, we get off the ice, and, and, and the one assistant coach comes in, and uh, he's giving us the spiel, and you're a real, real friendly guy, assistant guy, you know, he's the kind of guy that likes to, you know, chill with the boys, and make some jokes, and make them make them feel good and light, and he comes in Chico? There. Chico, no, not <laughs> Chico. <laughs> He comes in and he he makes a couple a uh, couple remarks and you know oh, you boys you know we have a long season here. it's gonna be a good year oh, and all fuck. this and he gives us the spiel and his son's on the hockey team that was Gary and uh, he walks back out of the dressing room his name's Gary and no one no one says a word like I said we're all exhausted we're still new and some idiot I don't even know who it was on the team but oh, just is... some idiot turns to the coach's son. <clears throat> And he says, uh, I should add that uh, the coach had a fake eye. And the kid just goes, man, Braden, what's up with your dad's fucking eye? <laughs> the whole room starts laughing. Um, kid was super embarrassed, you know, didn't like, <laughs> well, just yeah. head under the towel yeah, and it's not, talk it, about it. It's probably not something he would have met, like been too upset to talk about, but it's right. like the worst time to oh, just be oh, like, definitely. hey, man. You what the I mean? fuck? Like, and it, and it was it was like it was one of those situations where like you could tell half the team knew that it was a fake eye, but like half the team, what is up with this? <laughs> you know, like, something's not right. <laughs> something's not clicking there, right? Yeah. And um, just an absolutely hilarious moment. I think it, it really brought the team together right from the get go yeah. after that. And 
Oh. Did you guys win that year? That was the year we uh, had potential. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, <clears throat> my fourth, and and part of, part of me believes that this has got to be on yours, and I feel like this might be our first overlap. But James and I had a goaltender in what was James's last year of midget, uh, what would have been my second year of midget. And so um, we we were in, oh man, I, I, I can't remember if this was when we were in Wisconsin Dells or if we were in Thunder Bay for this tournament. But all I remember was having an early fucking game and showing up and into the dressing room and, you know, our goalie, who I'm not afraid to mention the name on this one again, potentially friend of the show, consider the guy a friend. Our goalie was Trevor Green, who is now a comedian. And uh, we, we're, we're in the room, and the game's at 8, and it's like 7.45. And for those of you who played hockey, your goalies are at the rink by like 40 minutes before the game. They're never not there that early. It's like 7.45, Trevor's not there. We're looking at the other goalie, and we're like, fuck, it might be your goal today. Like, you know, like we might not be putting the other guy in. Trevor rolls in at 7.45. Not 100%, if you if you gather what I'm saying. He had a bit of a late night the night before. This was in Wisconsin. He's he's a, he's a good boy. You know, oh, it was in Wisconsin? Yeah. Okay, so even yeah. better. So that, that was the best part, is we didn't take a bus. So we're all getting to the rink at, the same, at different times. Oh, yeah, it was in Wisconsin, because... We had had, like, a team function, and then, like, everyone's just like, all right, well, like, we're going to bed, and, like, we, we had fun, but Trevor's like, you know, his dad bought him beers, and he's like, well, I'm just going to have a few more beers, I'll go to bed, it should be good, and him and his buddy there, and, um, so he's not looking good, and his buddy, like, the other guy on our team, Colin, was just, he was fine, like, he, you know, he didn't look great, but he's like, yeah, like, you know, I'm feeling it, but, you know. He's like, I feel like Trevor's... I'm not, I'm not the guy playing the entire yeah, game. Yeah, he's like, I don't, like, I only have to play, like, 13 <laughs> minutes if I'm lucky. So, like, you know, like, I'm good. And so Trevor's, like, getting dressed. <clears throat> and I, I swear this was the same morning. All of a sudden, there's, like, 10 minutes before a game, you just hear the shower turn on. And he fucking takes a pregame shower to try to fucking wake up. Anyway... Bob, the coach at the time, comes in the room. He's giving the fucking speech and everything like that. And Trevor's getting ready, and it's like, okay. And but we're all kind of looking at each other, and we're like, yeah, maybe Keith should play. Like maybe it's Keith's game today. Well, we'll we'll see. And like you know, like we don't want to tell Bob either, though. So it's like, okay, like whatever. I guess Trevor's <laughs> fucking playing this game. Like right, like we're not gonna fucking say anything. So we go out there for warmups. He leads us out. Fucking stumbles out of the gate. Like, doesn't fall, but stumbles. We're like, Jesus Christ. So we go, we do the, you know, we do the, we do whatever. We do our skating stuff. We do our stretches. Everything's good. Bob pours the pucks on the ice. We do the horseshoe. And one guy goes, shoots. Next guy goes, shoots. Next guy goes, shoots. James and I are standing in the corner. This guy's fucking, like, Trevor's swatting pucks out of the air. It's like the, the puck is leaving the guy's stick and Trevor knows where it's going. He's like fucking like NHL level, just like hammering pucks. It's like it's like if you shot the puck and he was standing there like with his stick as a bat, he could probably knock it into the fucking stance. Like it was one of those where I have never seen him ever in my life just be so fucking ready to go. I thought uh... this this was a <clears throat> consolation game. Against a team that had healthy scratches in the fucking stands. 
they came off their bus with their tracksuits, and then there's like dudes sitting in the stands, and we're like, we're talking to like their kids in warm up, and we're like, are those guys hurt? And he's like, no, they're just not playing today. What the f- we have eight guys on this trip. Eight of us made this trip. Nine guys back in Thunder Bay. There's eight of us here to play this fucking game. Trevor Green got a shutout on like 45 fucking saves, and it was the best game he ever played. Just hungover. End of the game. Trav, man, like, I really didn't think you were going to make that save. Like, I know it bounced off my shin pad. And like, what fucking save? What are you talking about? <laughs> I've, uh... I'll never to this day know exactly what was going on in his body or in his soul. I've, I but all theory. I know is that he, he either had an out-of-body experience <laughs> or he had way too many fucking Bud Lights the night before. I've had a theory since that game. Yeah. My theory is that... Um... Trevor's reflexes were always maybe maybe too quick for his own good. <laughs> and the, the beers kind of brought him down a notch. Like Jonathan Quick, eh? Yeah. It's like he slides good and like side to side, but he doesn't need to slide completely side to side, yeah. right? Yeah, so this kind of slowed him down a little bit, just enough. Oh, maybe. Where the shots he was facing, you know, they're midget, we're not talking, yeah. you know, junior level. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, I don't know, that's, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Fuck! Oh man! All right, I got I got two to pick from. I'm I'm gonna go with one here only because it's at your expense a little bit. Well, I, I would say too if the other one if it, if you can break it down to a quick story at the end, um, you know, easily. Just yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So same tournament. We're at a town in Wisconsin. First game of the tournament. Um. We came out flying. I, I we lost the game, but we came out flying. I think oh, I remember. I think we were up two nothing and. Uh, you you fed me a breakaway pass, but then you got off the ice. Like, it was one of those classic, I'm, I'm tired, here's the pass, I'm getting off. And you get off the ice, and uh, this was like ten years ago, and at that point, we'd been friends for a, a, a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we and go. And everybody on the team kind of knew that we were pretty close, and, you know, uh, outside of hockey, we'd be hanging out. And you get off the ice, and I'm on a clear breakaway. And you yell out, Go, go, Joe! <laughs> now, I scored, but the entire bench didn't see it because they were all looking at you like, Who the hell is Joe? Don't you know that? That's James out there. The guy that you spend some time with away from the rink. At the time, Bob's probably like trying to put me in concussion protocol. <laughs> Like, I know you got hurt, like, this morning, or they're, like, at the last game in town. Like, are you okay, or... I don't even know. I, I, I think Bob was probably more like, oh, Joe made the trip? Bob, there's no <laughs> Joe on the team. <laughs> um, His habit of, at the fucking uh, tryouts, yelling Kevin, and there was never a Kevin exactly, in the league. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably my number one, or my, my most... I don't know. That's the last one on my list. There. Go, go, Joe. Go, go, Joe. <laughs> Well, I like I I really don't even remember this trip being this funny. But my fifth story and what I think is my favorite and funniest story from from when I played was <laughs> I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to tell it. Like I gotta <clears throat> I gotta I gotta like I just gotta 
I think I know. I just got to get comfortable here quickly so I can like get this story out. This without is, you know the funny thing is that I can down. think of two from this trip still. Yeah. So, at the time, our manager of the team was friend of the show, Steve Jewett. And for whatever reason, when I was a teenager, I thought it was really funny to give Steve a really hard time. And, and what I will say is it's, it's with the same love that I give John a really hard time. It's because I know they can take it. They're not going to give it back. They kind of enjoy taking the ribbing a little bit. They can give it back just as good, but they kind of like, you know, they're, they're almost in on the joke and just kind of, you know, hang out with it, you know, and I, I think that's cool. I think it takes a, a real special type of person to kind of be that level of funny to just kind of be the bit. And I, I, and I have a total respect for that. But at the time when I was 16, I don't know if that was it. I think I was just a fucking piece of shit and I used to love yelling about Steve. But this was the tournament when I really got to know Steve, you know, and, and this was when I really started to first give him ribbings. And, and, and so we're hanging out in what I believe was Steve's room and he was supposed to go pick up pizzas for the team. And for whatever fucking reason, Steve was gone for like an hour and a half, two hours. And to this day, it's one of the only things I, I've never forgiven Steve about. I like, I'll think back on it and be like, where the fuck was he? Like, I still don't even know. Like, what the fuck took him so long to get those pizzas? I actually don't really know what took him the whole time. But I know something that held him up a few extra minutes. And so Steve walks into the room. And I'm just sitting there in the chair. And he, like, I'm, like, right dead center as soon as he walks in the room. And I'm at the other end of the room, like, Steve, what the fuck, man? Like, where the fuck were you with these pizzas? Like, we're starving? We got a game and like... Two hours. Like, we, we gotta eat, man. Like, we gotta go here. And he's like, yeah, well, sorry. Like, you know, a lot of stuff happened. It wasn't really first on my priority list. And we're, we're like, whoa. Like, you know, like, what happened? Kind of. Anyway, like, we're all just eating the pizza. We're like, who gives a fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is this old man talking about? And so someone finally asks. Uh, we're like, isn't someone missing? And he's like, yeah, I'll tell you who's fucking missing. Leroy. And we're like, well, where the fuck's Leroy? Like, go get him. Like, the pizza's here. I'll tell you where Leroy is. I'm getting out of my car, and all I feel against my back is just something pressing on my back, and someone go, give me all your money. <laughs> now, Leroy was a good dude, but Leroy was quiet as fuck. <laughs> like, we, we talked to Leroy, but, like, not often. Like, we all talked to him, but, like, he didn't really give much back. You know what I mean? He was just always kind of, like, silent. Always having a good time. But quiet, dude. And so, <laughs> Leroy goes, give me all your money. And Steve's fucking just panicking. He's like, whoa, like, what the fuck? And, like, doesn't know what to think. And Leroy commits to the bit and just stands there. He's like, you heard me. Give me all your money. And I don't know how big Steve's balls are. But Steve decides to fucking turn around and look at the guy and sees that it's fucking Leroy and he's like, gotcha. And starts laughing and giggling like it's the funniest thing. And Steve's like, I almost fucking killed him. I was going to get my car and run him down. <laughs> like pissed after whatever happened at the pizza place, which I still don't forgive him about. But the fact that Leroy had the ball. So anyway, about three minutes later, Leroy comes into the room and we just die laughing. And all he does... Is grab a piece of pizza, big smile on his face. He's like, "What's so funny?" You know what's funny? You just fucking fake robbed our manager, 
and got him good. I I would have to say toward the top of my list being involved with hockey, the fact that someone on our team who was 16, 17 max had the balls to rob a grown man that, if I remember correctly, uh, made the hotel accommodations for where we were staying. Paid for the pizzas he was eating, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, has the balls to go eat a piece of pizza after. And Great. We, we could have an entire bonus episode on that. Oh, it, there's like three more thoughts in that it's, trip it's, alone. It's, it's, an, it's an idea. Yeah. I, I will uh, give one quick shout out to um, one time when I was playing my first year midget. I was on the Fort William Canadians. I had a teammate uh, where we'll call him, well, no, I'll just name his name, Tyler Sherrard. And a uh, good, funny dude. Like, you know what I mean? You played with Tyler. Like, he's, he's a funny guy. And uh, one of those guys, though took hockey a little too seriously sometimes maybe like he just he got a little too worked up in times where he didn't need to and it was mostly when he wasn't playing well when the team wasn't playing well he was kind of that leader you needed to just kind of like keep everyone centered but if he were struggling like he just put it on himself and he never really needed to do that there was one time we we were having a game uh, i believe we were out playing this team but we're losing like three nothing in the second period we're playing at delaney and uh, so we're going down toward the far dressing rooms where the Zamboni door is. And Tyler skates in on a two-on-one, doesn't pass, decides to shoot, and he's on his strong side. Shoots far side, hits the crossbar. The puck comes, bounces into the netting, bounces over the glass. Sherrard turns the corner, tosses his stick into the stands. Two-minute minor for unsportsmanlike. Goes to the box, cussing and swearing. Fucking slams the door. You're gone. Cusses and swears at the refs. I think he got three games. For literally overreacting to himself hitting the post. Told the ref that he's a fucking, like, every word in the book. And, like, just lost it. And, like, maybe not three, but he definitely got suspended. It was one of those things that was like, (laughs) we're, like, playing this game well. He hits the post. We're all like, oh, shit. Like, what are the chances? What's he doing? Where did the stick go? How come he's how come he's yelling at the timekeeper? How come how come the door is still open? Coach, didn't he close the door? I watched him close the door. Coach, why is he skating to the dressing room? Why is he flipping off everyone in the stand? Like, like, what is happening? And I remember our coach just standing there, like fucking face in his palm. From the moment he tossed that stick, I don't think our coach even looked up. He was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. That was when I knew that team was a mess. Uh, yeah. Well, there we go. Maybe a bonus episode potentially yeah, one day. I, I got a few I can think of, so we'll save that for uh, another episode, perhaps. Cool. Uh, this was laced up for this week. It was delayed, so we decided to give you a little bit of a little bit of extra content there, a little bit more fun. Um, we, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll probably be back on Tuesday. I'm thinking next week. It's just been working out lately that. Um, Mondays have not been ideal for us because Sundays are not really ideal for us to record on. Um, we'll we'll see. It, it's going to be a little bit touch and go here, but we will be out every week. Like you know, we're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything. So, well, I'm yeah. going to Winnipeg, I guess. But, oh, that's true. Um, but we will have two episodes that week, so I'm a little bit excited. You get your guests lined up because um, I'm going on a trip with like five people, so I have plenty of options. Uh, the panel. Yeah, I could even see what Sarah Orleski's doing. The Ooh. panel. Should I do that? The yeah, panel? I, that'd be hilarious, actually. What's the most panel. What's the most amount of people you've heard on one podcast where 
before it gets like too many people, like before it's uncomfortable. Without video, like four, three, four. four? Yeah, okay. I'm picky. Like, yeah? yeah, okay, that's fair. But well, the people might like. I it. was planning two other people, so yeah. Well, that's we'll fair. Cool. How's your guest coming along? Uh, Shouldn't be hard. Hilariously enough, uh, she is away from the twenty third to the thirty first. So we're either gonna have to record way early and, and I'll have to sit on it for a few days or I'll have to be the second one in the week while you're gone and okay. it's late. Well, if you do it the... Okay. Well, we'll talk. Yeah. There's no reason for us to plan. You don't need to be listening to us anymore. Yeah, We're done. True. Goodbye. Have a good week. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! just eat that! Leave us alone! You go!